right, so we are live officially. This is what? This is 44. Is it 44? 44. We got Zenner in the house with us. Got it. Happy He's to back. be here. Good, Good to, to have you, you here. Back. I think it's important for everybody to know yeah. that we follow a very important protocol. Yes. You come to the Strict. show, blue jacket, white shirt. <laughs> Apparently, both of you guys had a blue jacket. The value team and cult <laughs> yeah. is uh, highly uh, organized here. I came in with the exact same look as Adam, except yep. I had a pocket square. I thought I could either take, you know, keep Took the pockets a little up. higher, yeah, but yeah, I yeah, went yeah, to yeah. the car and changed my shirt. Yeah. I wasn't going to take any chances. Sick pocket square, by the way. <laughs> Thanks. You guys, well look, done. you guys look good. So he he was looking a little too liberal <laughs> with the white shirt and the blue jacket, yeah. and then he went double liberal, <laughs> blue, 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 blue. What makes thank sense? God what happens have, when you hang out with a guy like exactly. that? Exactly. Thank it's, it's God contagious. we have some balance on the podcast. Yes, so, you know, shout out to all the uh, the red, white, and blue supporters. God, do people there. even think of that anymore? I just feel like we're in a non-political world lately, which is kind of nice. Tom, maybe it's you are, buddy, <laughs> after after the nonsense that just happened. G- yeah. Give it give it 18 months. Don't worry. Oh, without a doubt, right? Yeah. <laughs> give it 18 months when or the less. midterms come. Crazy yeah. stuff's going to happen. Gang, uh, we are glad to be back. One thing I want to tell everybody that's watching is those of you that come early with us, we are testing 9 a.m. Thursday. I hmm. sent an Instagram, uh, 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 what do you call it, a poll. A poll yeah. And I asked 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. 70% said 9 a.m. So we're going to try mm-hmm. 9 a.m. this Thursday instead of 8 a.m. Eastern time. Eastern Standard Time. What, oh, 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 what, yes. Let's get some feedback from Eastern, the audience. We've already gotten it. They, it's they, Eastern they, Standard Time that we're doing. So we're going to test, okay. uh, uh, test out the 9 a.m. thing. So, anyways, let's get right into it. A lot of crazy stuff's happened. Uh, the the Meghan Markle, uh, uh, Markle interview that's created drama. a frenzy. Drama oh, nonstop. Pierce Morgan walking off the set. Craziness. I didn't hear about that yet. Yes. I'm excited to hear 4. it. 4.4 4 million it. views on Twitter in a couple hours because Pierce Morgan just couldn't handle it. He says, I don't want to hear this no more. He just got Got walked off the set. Now he oh, has, yeah. you know, he has done stuff like that before. It's not like it's the first time. So we got Drama a lot of things queen. to cover. We got business things to cover. Reddit has named its former Snap, a former Snap, like Snapchat executive, as its first CFO. This entire time, Reddit hasn't had a CFO, but they just announced mm-hmm. they're getting a new CFO. Score is joining forces with Jay Z Music. Streaming, Wall Street isn't impressed. John McAfee, back at it again, has Your been indicted boy. on federal charges. Related to the fraudulent promotion of cryptocurrencies, Tesla is going to making a giant to plug into the Texas power grid, and it could store enough energy for 20,000 homes. That's a big deal. JP Morgan posts 34 blockchain jobs as it beefs up his JP Morgan coin. Elon Musk lost $27 billion last week, but who's counting? The biggest private island for sale in the Bahamas is about mm-hmm. to hit the auction block, and there's no minimum bid. It's interesting. There is no So meaning you could buy it for 5 bucks. Obviously, right. it's not going to end up at 5 bucks, but it'll be interesting what happens there. Young people are looking to spend almost half their stimulus checks on stocks. And then we got Roku Quibi, rising well, interest rates. Senate narrowly passes the COVID relief bill. McConnell planning on an escape hatch in case he leaves Senate before his term expires. California theme parks allowed to reopen as of April 1st. Good for California. Vegas benefits as Nevada eases some coronavirus rules. And then, uh, you know, doom and gloom from Zoom. Stanford researcher spent a year finding out if Zoom fatigue is real and just how awful it is on our brains and bodies. And then a Kobe Bryant card sells for one97 Nine five million dollars. Yeah. I say we start off with the Kobe story. Okay, okay. I say we start off with the Kobe story. This is story. near and dear to your heart. This in is many very, ways. In many this, ways, this is a little too near and dear my heart. And so we have to talk about this. Is there a way you can bring up that picture of the Kobe Bryant card while we're doing this? So 
A rare Kobe Bryant card sells for $1.795 million. Flawless, one of the rarest of its existence. The Topps trading card, just one of two in the world at its level of perfection. Golden auction set. It is the rarest, is the most expensive Kobe Bryant ever sold. The card's condition report to have perfect tens. They call it a black label, which means tens on the surface, tens on corners, tens on edges, and tens on centering. Within weeks after his death, Bryant cards were everywhere online, increasing in value by 600%. See that card right there? Go back to it. That card right there that sold for $1.795 million. Tom, you want to know a fun fact about that? Yeah. That's my card. Ugh. Except I sold it for seventeen grand. Did you really? That one? That, that card year, right that's there. That's exactly the card. I Love sold it. that card okay. ten and a half years ago for $17,000 to an investor. Fast forward ten and a half years later, the card sells for $1.8 million. Bucks. Yeah. yeah. How crazy is that? It's crazy. You know, let me take it one step further. Did you hear what happened yesterday? Anthony Davis of the Lakers, right? Yeah. The most injured Never, never there. I mean, he had a great season last year, but this guy gets hurt more than anybody. His rookie card just went for a million. One million. Anthony His rookie card sold for a million? Yes, yes. Anthony Davis' yes, rookie card yes, went yes, for a million. one million. So here's, I want to get this on tape, on file right now. Pat, why don't you take, you know, a photo, a crypto photo of your Gretzky card, of a picture of you holding this, and your other Gretzky card, and your most valuable, and make make the NTF of it, right? Yeah. And then, and then NFT, who knows, yeah. NFT of that, who knows what that could go for? I mean, seriously, you got to be you got to be thinking about jumping into that too. It's unbelievable. But. I mean, it's just a strange time, you know, when cards are selling for the prices that they're selling. The, the main question right now with mm -hmm. cards is the fact that is it going to keep going up or is there a crash coming up with cards? Historically, what happens with cards is they go on a run, and it's a very aggressive run. People just all of a sudden are like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so interested!" It goes up, and then there's quiet mm -hmm. for five, six, seven years. And then there's another run. This is historical, what happens with cards. So if this trend continues, when the market takes a bit of a dip and the market's not making people, you know, millions of dollars left and right, there's going to be a bit of a dip in the, uh, in the sporting cards. How long that's going to be, no one knows. If it follows the trends in the past, that's what's going to happen. But what are your thoughts on the Are we in the, the middle of this run right now? Is this what oh, you're absolutely. saying? We're in the middle of it right now. Let me tell you, if somebody said to you, like uh, he said Anthony Davis's card sold for a million bucks. What was your reaction? Your reaction was like, oh, ridiculous. Yeah. But it's like happening every day. Brady just broke a record for the most expensive card ever sold. Wayne Gretzky broke a record for the most expensive card ever sold right. for hockey. Brady's was N uh, NFL. NBA is uh, Luka Doncic, $4.6 million on his birthday. MLB is uh, the Mickey Mantle PSA 10, PSA 9 that just sold for $5.2 million. I get a call on Sunday from a guy. He sends me a text. He FaceTimes me. I'm having lunch. I'm like, oh, FaceTime. Let me finish up lunch. I got food in my mouth. I said, I'll call him back. I call him back. I said, what's going on? He's like, I, I got to talk to you. I got to talk to you. So what's going on? No, no, listen, this is very important. He says, uh, my, my, son's, uh, my son's dad gave him a gift with all the cards, and, and, and I got to show you what I got here. And he opens it up. Mm -hmm. He says, how much are these cards worth? What, what do I do with this? And it's like all these Kobe Bryant rookie cards, right? And all this stuff that oh, he has. Oh, legit cards. No, legit cards. Wow. And then he shows a Mickey card. I, do you know if there's a lot of fake Mickey cards? Is this a fake one? Is this a real one? I said, whatever you do, don't sell it for it to anybody, even if they pay you $10,000, $20,000. Just find out if it's a real one. Go through PSN and see what's going on. 
people are calling their grandmothers, their mothers, wow, their yeah. grandfathers, saying, right. where did you put all those cards I had, Ma? Where are they? Do we yeah. still have it in the basement? Because it may be worth millions of dollars today. Well, I, I would hear stories, because my dad grew up in Detroit, and, yeah. and I mean, uh, not that that's specifically relevant, but you would always hear, like in the 60s or whatever, everyone was collecting baseball cards. This is when I first started here. You know, I was a kid in the 80s. And you would always hear like, oh, I had all my cards in the basement and grandma threw them out. You would hear stories like that. I mean, did they, are you familiar with stories like this? You, Absolutely. You would hear them and I'm hear them and the hear them. the same thing you said. I got to right. go find mine. So I yeah. found a bunch of my cards that I had that I probably gave to my parents to put in boxes when I went to college. And it, what, what, what you didn't realize at the time is make sure that there are the PSA 10 in the corners and the crease because you could have an amazing card. And if it's not in perfect mint condition, it might be worthless versus a million dollar cart. You know, let me know when there's a market for beer cans because growing up where I did, I didn't have anything to do but play sports and, and pick up empty beer cans in the ditch. Were you drinking them? What no, were you doing, I was a Tom? kid. You would not Recycling? believe the beer can collection I have, and I'm not joking. So if it ever gets to that, man, I, I'm going to buy that <laughs> island in the Bahamas. L let me say this about the cards. It's going to keep going. I mean, this is going to be an abnormal ramp up. It's going to go higher and higher and higher. And then what I think is going to happen is you're going to get too many mediocre Anthony Davis-type cards that are overvalued. So then I think it's going to come down, but those premier cards and the Luka Doncic and whoever it is, you know, the Steph Curry rookie card, any old classic LeBron card or thing like that, for, for the, those guys, it's always going to be there. Also, is there going to be some sort of market for average people to do this through like a mutual fund for trading cards? That's there already, already is. Right, that's starting yeah, too. Rally. So I think you're going to have a lot more people that are going to want it, especially because people are looking at this as quick, easy money. And it really isn't, but it, it's unbelievable to think that we're spending this much time talking about trading cards that you got with a pack mm -hmm. of gum back in the day for a buck. You know what? Now, like my son is at that age, Dash, he's 12, where he collects cards, always has. Yeah. And by the way, he found a Luka Doncic that's worth over 200 bucks. You know, good for him. But it, that we had. But you can't buy cards now. You go to Target, they're gone. You go to Walmart, you cannot find them on the shelves. People mm. know when they're stocking them, and they're gone that day. So there is an unbelievable interest in it right now. Yeah, I don't think it's going away. I don't think it's going away because, you know, social media. Again, you said something very, very important. Here's what you said. Anything that's a one of one, anything that's of a limited amount of production is going to keep its value. Anything. Mm -hmm. So the Luca was a um, logo man, one of one. There's only one of it in the world. That's going to sell. The black label, anything you find that's black label, that's a decent. Like I got a yesterday. I got a black label Juan Soto rookie card. Juan Soto, he's got a big upside. Could he do good? Could he not do good? I don't know. But it's a black label, ten of ten. I got a black label uh, uh, a few months, uh, a couple weeks back of Giannis, a black label Giannis. That's going to do well. Mm. So the pops have to be low. If the pops are high, it's not going to have that kind of an explosion with a card. And then you just need to know they're not reprinting them. It's not like they're going to wake up and you know uh, uh, someone's going to come from the feds and say we have decided mm -hmm. to print two hundred thousand cards of the nineteen eighty six Fleer Michael Jordan. So mm. we're going to print in a quantitative easing to increase. They're not going to do something like right. that. Was that your Jerome Powell interpretation? That, that, that was not Powell. That was uh, Greenspan. Was that? Okay, that was Alan Greenspan. Yeah. All the printing yeah. presses, like all the printing presses, are just printing money for stimulus. So there's Pathetic. no more actual way to print it. Let me uh, let me let me just weigh in because I agree with Tom. There's something the fractionalized shares. It's it's available in stocks. Rally like something called yeah. stockpile stocks but in rat is that the name of the company rally's one of them yes i That's spoke your, to the founder you might not be able to afford a million dollar anthony davis card yeah. which is absurd to me or a zion or a Giannis or a luca or whatever it is 
but could you put ten grand in and just roll the dice like a like a? If big... it's a one of one, yeah, you're probably not going to lose. If it's sure. a one it's like of that, one, huh? And and you need to know, like, here's how this works. If they're con- currently playing, the upside is faster. Like for example, Lucas card sold for four point six million. Michael Jordan's card sold for seven eighty three, seven thirty eight. But Lucas card, there's only one of them in the world. Michael's card, there's three twenty in the world. Gotcha. PSA ten. So. You have to know. What do you mean concurrently playing? Like, so, oh, so, you mean so currently if playing? They're currently playing. Okay, it's a gotcha. bigger upside. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. or for example, if you own a, uh, if you own a uh, Mickey PSA eight nine ten, mm-hmm. you own a Babe Ruth nineteen thirty three mm-hmm. Gaudi. If you own a Maze, if you own a old Magic Johnson Bird rookie card, because the documentary. If you own some of that stuff, that mm-hmm. stuff's going to be fine. But like I bought a Zion. Yeah. For a few hundred thousand dollars, okay. That's what that's going for. Bro. Yeah, I don't Zion. know what I. I, oh, I paid. Good, I paid three fifty for yeah. it. I paid three hundred fifty thousand yeah, dollars for it. There's same. only. It's a. It's a legit card. It's a nice. So if I keep it for a year, two years, if Zion becomes who he could potentially become, that could be a two three million dollar card. Wow. But if Zion gets injured, that's a fifty thousand dollar card, a hundred thousand dollar. And you card. lose your investment. And you lose your investment. You but crushed. I know that's the difference between investing your money in small cap. Mid cap, large cap. Yeah. You put money in Amazon right now. What's going to happen with Amazon? Amazon's a two trillion dollar company. Amazon becomes a four trillion dollar company. What's your stock worth? It just maybe double, double yeah. right? But what's the chances of Amazon going from a two trillion dollar company to right. a twenty trillion dollar company in the next two years? You're trying versus, to ten x this money, a hundred x. So you money. need to put it like I, I'm. Yeah. I'm very much on value stocks and cards, like stuff that I like a Will Chamberlain rookie card. You know, uh, high graded PSA eight. Will's going to be Wilt. You know, it is what it is. You know, you got. A Ruth, a Ted Williams, a Ty Cobb, a Hannes Wagner, those types of stuff are going to keep their value. But if you want some risk, is the small cap cards yeah. today. You know, I, two, oh, go, go, go. two quick points. I think I think the interesting thing to watch with this, too, is because this is feeding on itself. There's so much media yeah. coverage every day. There's tons of stories every single day on this. People want to be in. They want to know more. So here's the next evolution of it. I think corruption. You're going to have counterfeit. You're going to have theft. And you're going to have murder. I really think with these valuable of cards out there, who watch no, for the corruption. But that's been happening. That's been, okay. all, all three yeah. have been happening. Okay. All three. Maybe even at a higher level now. By the know? way, by the way. Way, FYI, like you know, for me, why I am very careful buying artwork. I have a thing about buying artwork. Okay, I, I watched this documentary about two years ago on our way to Croatia. I don't know what's on our way to Monaco, and I'm watching this documentary about this con artist who sold fake paintings. I don't know if I've talked to you about this before. Is or this not. the Picasso? Have I told you this thing? I, where I, he takes I don't it? remember. Okay, yes. so the guy goes, Picasso's about to die, he's on his deathbed. This guy who's a con artist goes to a local guy who admires Picasso, says, I want you to paint something with Picasso's painting style. He gives the guy 500 bucks. He goes to Picasso, says, a local painter who admires you did a painting. I just want to get your advice on it, how you like it. He wants to really get your opinion. He, take, he says, I'll meet with you. Meets with Picasso. Picasso looks at it says, it's okay. Says, you mind if I take a picture with him to tell him that you like this picture? He says, yes. He takes a picture with Picasso. Picasso dies a year later. He comes out and says, here's Picasso's last painting. And he sells it for millions of dollars, right? So when it comes down to painting, how can you verify the validity of a True. painting? I you love cannot that verify the, Yeah, the creative right? <laughs> I love that story. So yeah. you cannot verify yeah. the validity of it. But when it comes down to cards, there is a grading service. Mm-hmm. That what made this game legitimate is PSA and Beckett. They made it legit. Because when you buy a card, can you, uh, can you have Sam? Uh, uh, can you have Sam? Can you go grab me? 
the rookie card, uh, grab Giannis or grab me some of the Ken Griffey's. Grab me all the Griffey's. Yeah, grab me uh, Griffey's and uh, Giannis. So when you get a card and you see the grading on it, that's what you say. Okay, I trust it. So trust yeah. is what brought it back. In the early 90s, if you bought a Michael Jordan, like when you bought the Hunter mm-hmm. Wagner card, it was cut. Yeah. So there was a lot of fraudulent activities, a lot of fake cards. So people are like, I'm not even messing with cards. So you just spend $100,000 buying a card. You realize a month later it's fake. <laughs> so you yeah. step away from the game. The guy I bought the card from, the Wayne Gretzky mm-hmm. card from, great guy. You know what happened to him? Bad experience. Got burned. He says, I want to have nothing to do with cards. Stepped away. He got a half a million dollar check. I turned around to two million yeah. because he was yeah. burned out. Yeah. So it does attract people like that. So when you yeah. get in, mm-hmm. get in, prepare that you may experience some bad things. Yeah, but you have such an advantage because you've been in this game for a long time. If you think there's going to be an easy buck, you can't just come in there with the level no. of knowledge. I mean, you'll just get crushed. Yeah. Did you, let me ask you this. You know, the, the one of one card, is that a random thing where someone opened a pack and there it yes. was? It's like a winning lottery yes. ticket inside it is. a pack of cards. It is. Unbelievable. Yeah, so, so you Willy can, Wonka, Golden you can. Unreal. So, so, so you can, like uh, uh, Ken Golden from Golden Auctions, this last weekend, he had a record-breaking weekend. He was all over Squawk. He was all over the news. Everywhere he's doing interviews, right? They sold nearly $40 million of cars in one weekend. $40 million in one wow. weekend is what they did. Their revenues last year was $100 million. They just raised $40 million bucks. Kevin Durant was part of it. All these other guys. He and I were texting back and forth. He is helping the market because he is bringing attention to the market. Rally is bringing attention to the market. The players are bringing attention to the market. LeBron James's card sold for $1.8 million. You know who commented in the comment section? He says, guess who has two of these cards? Yours truly. LeBron, the card that sold for $1.8 wow. LeBron said, has I got two of his own cards. He says, I got two of them myself. Sick. So it's like, so even the players stream. are buying their own cards. <laughs> yeah, like, for example, okay, so Griffey, let's, let's talk about this. This is probably a $5,000 card. Okay, you can get this probably $4,500 to a $5,000 card. You want to know what's the problem with this card? It's been printed two million times. There are 2 million of this out there, and I think 3,000 have been graded at a PSA 10. If this was only 300 graded at PSA 10, this would not be a $5,000 card. This would be a $200,000 card, a $150,000 card. Now, is this still a good stock long term? Absolutely, because it's who? It's Ken Griffey's best rookie card, right? Sweetest swing in baseball. Sweetest swing in baseball. So you go. You have to know also the print of the cards, the timing of the cards. Like, you know, Bonds and I, you know— uh, Bo Jackson, there's stories sure. behind him. He didn't grab Giannis because Giannis, it's Giannis, so you can't even. <laughs> he was he, looking for the why. He's probably like, what the hell is Giannis? <laughs> I don't in, see a single guy's he's name in here with why. Cabinet yeah. why. <laughs> it's all good. So yeah. there is business to it. If you're listening to it, just like stocks, just like Bitcoin, just like, mm-hmm. don't go jump in. I did a video about cards a month and a half ago. It's a good educational one before you go in. If you do go in, go in with a group of people that know what they're doing. Like I had, even you said the other day, Pat, I'll go in. 10 grand with you, 20 grand with you, and you buy it with somebody that knows what they're doing. Don't go in all by yourself because if it doesn't work out for you, you're going to come back and say, oh, this didn't work out for me. And and two quick points before we move on. Um, You brought up fractionalized shares. Single stocks, like single car. You know how I say Go to Rally RD. This is a shout out. So I don't buy single stocks. I buy index funds or I'll buy mutual funds or, you know, I, I can't project the next big stock and just it's very uh, hard this to is do. it like you can buy a share of the hannes wagner card okay okay you can buy a fractional share like the wayne gretzky card that i sold they bought one of them for 720 yeah. 
and they put it there for eight hundred thousand dollars, you can buy shares at a hundred bucks. It's like owning bucks. the Green Bay Packers. That's you a, can have a share of the. I Packers. I have a share of the Packers. That's yeah. interesting. You say yeah. that, so you can buy a share of the cart. It's a great system for individual investors. Do you? Like, what's your advice to people out there? Me, obviously, learn, get familiar with what's going on. First of all, but would you buy one card or would you buy shares of multiple cards, like a mutual fund, or I you mean, just like go all in on a Zion? No, no, no way. I would say go all in on one player. And if you do, because it's emotional and you're part of the city and he's in your city, I get it. Like, let's okay. just say you're, you know, Kobe comes into the Lakers, he gets traded for Vlade Divac, and you're like, mm. oh, I feel like he's gonna do something. You buy stuff because he's emotionally tied to you. Gotcha. I get it. But if you're you're trying to do it from the business standpoint. Just look, small cap, mid cap, large cap. Mm -hmm. What does small cap mean? Biggest upside, injury prone. Right. Mid cap, somebody who's playing, it's in the middle of their career, but they could win a couple championships and they can go up. For example, Giannis is all, if Giannis got hurt tomorrow, his, his career has still been a solid career. He's won a couple MVPs. Two MVPs, at, right. But if Giannis goes and all of a sudden he teams up with a Luka, they get on the same, same team, or mm -hmm. he goes out there and gets a Robin, and they went back to back to back championship. Giannis is something else. So, and then there's large cap. What's large cap? You buy a card that you know it's going to be good. LeBron, you may just uh, LeBron is absolutely a large cap. A Kobe is a large cap. An MJ is a large mm -hmm. cap. A Ruth is a large cap. That's all large cap cards that you know they've already been validated. They've already won multiple championships. They've already got a great career. People already know who they are. That's a large cap. You're not going to lose a lot of money. This may not explode. This higher and this could explode, yeah. but it's got a bigger risk i think it's important for you just to kind of come full circle here tell your experience with the kobe bryant because you kind of left some details out meaning you bought the kobe bryant for yeah. like 10 grand whatever it, it was for 17 sold grand. it for seven so you're thinking oh my god i pretty, made seven quick turnaround i sold it for right. 17 grand at a time yes when i sold that card what people don't know like when i sold that card um, uh, I was running the insurance company. This is company. the story I wanted yeah, to hear. I was running, yes. and I was going to do video with Kai on back okay. team, but we'll do it here and we'll put on short clips. So I was running my insurance company, PHP. Yeah. Is I come home, Jen has her situation with the baby. We lost the baby. And then we have my half a million dollars of savings that I put into it. Mm -hmm. That half a million goes down to $13,000. Wow. Okay, this we is have miscarriage. Is this? this is 2010, 2011. 10, 11 years ago. It's, it's when just, you're just a starting bad out, place. PHP. I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to come up with money. So I still, we're, we're living in an apartment to save money at the time, okay. 2010. I sold everything I had, wow. anything and everything to invest it into the company. So we did the math the other day, and I did it in front of you. That $17,000 I put into the company made me $14 million. So the point is, I may have lost on a $1.8 million right. deal, but I put it in my business. It saved the company. It helped us getting to where we're at. And obviously, right now, it's a complete... It's a sick story. For, for those of out there that feel bad for Pat, he's going to be okay. But I tell you one thing. I understand for the person that sold it, I understand they almost didn't want to sell it. And I understand for the person that bought it, they're so happy to hold the card. Yeah. There is, there's a, the person that won the card can't wait to hold it. Mm -hmm. You don't even know if you're a card guy... To hold a card of a Kobe like that, BGS 10 black label, I can't even describe. If you, especially if you're a collector. Right. Mm -hmm. if, you're, if you're not a collector, you're like, you know how you say, tell somebody, yeah, I went to the Super Bowl, man, and I tell you this Harrison guy took the fumble away before halftime and ran it back on Kurt Warner. And then at the end, Kurt Warner makes a comeback, but the Steelers still end up winning. And it was crazy because Kurt threw for 400 touchdowns. You should have been at this place. Oh, so who won? Yeah, but it's you don't understand. This was sick. <laughs> and he was like, dude, I don't follow football. 
Yeah. Well, why wouldn't you tell me that? I wouldn't have told you the experience. So if, if, I, if you tell us, like somebody watches this right now with cards, they're like, dude, who cares about cards yeah. if it's emotional? The guy who buys mm-hmm. the Kobe, he hangs on to it. Yeah. He's going to say, mom, look, hey, dad, look, hey, guys, come over. He's going to have a party sharing the cards with people, showing it to them. It's a pretty cool yeah. experience. So Anyways. you've been on both sides of the equation, meaning you've won on some deals and you've lost on, That's on how clearly. business works. That's right. how life works. You're not going to win them all. Uh, you know, you're going to have some, and the reality is I've – I'm going to tell you a crazy thing. I've never lost on cards. How weird is that? Wow. How weird is that? Like even that Kobe situation. You I, still I never lose on cards you, because I sit on them. Mm. If you sit on cards, the only way you do is if the guy does something that's like a guy comes out with steroid scandal and then his car, no, no one wants to buy the card. Like you didn't wake up this morning saying, I want to go buy an OJ Simpson rookie card. You know what I mean? <laughs> you, you, so, so there's an element well, of sure. that. You probably keep emotion out of it, which, you know, you know what you're doing. Sure. Which plays it. See, I have a philosophy. I only invest in ball players like La- Lamar's kids, you know, L- Lonzo and LaMelo. That's <laughs> it. I think they're going to the top. Well, I, would, I, would, I would steer clear of the La- Jello card. LaMelo is going. That guy's going places. He's a special yeah, kid. Yeah. Okay, so there you go. First story, we got uh, uh, cards. Second story, do we want to go into the Meghan Markle story and see what happened there? Why are we going to? We know right? you Why do. We- no, I mean, I, listen, it's it's what everybody's talking about. It's what everybody – have you guys had okay. a chance to watch some of the highlights? I've on, seen some of the clips. So you tell us yourself. Well, give, give us the rundown of what no, I've I want to hear from you. What do you think about the whole thing when you watch it? What is your yeah, – what okay, do you think? Because so, there's two, three different sides right. of the story. Where so are you go, at and who do you believe? She, she goes on Oprah. Yeah. Uh, and she does a sit-down interview. Yeah. Now, was the interview just with her and then Harry popped in at the end or – Yeah, Harry popped in like, later on. So, okay. you know – uh, uh, more than Super Bowl. So there was more people watching yeah. the interview than the Super Bowl. 96.4 million viewers watched. Uh, uh, however, according to some analysts or experts, ratings drew higher numbers than the Super Bowl. If you watch it, you couldn't. There was 50 commercials every two minutes. Hmm. Every time you're watching the interview, it's commercial, 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 commercial. And apparently they didn't take any money. That was transparent right up front. Oprah said, to make sure everybody knows, have you gotten paid for this? Zero. Mm-hmm. And do you know any of the questions I'm going to be asking? She says, I know none of the questions yeah. you're going to be asking. And do you believe that? Of course. Why, did, do. why do they need to take money for the interview? I, They're making so much everywhere I else. I believe Oprah is a goat. So Oprah is not somebody that would say something like that. It's Oprah. Mm-hmm. You're sitting with Oprah who has got Harpo Productions, a billionaire. You know, you got to give her the props. So you're sitting with somebody that, dude, I'm not giving you any money for this because yeah. I'm going to give you the eyeballs if you come with me, right? Yeah. So... That's the numbers. Yeah. That's what happens. Gotcha. Give us your so here are my here are my three biggest takeaways yeah. from this because I'm a. No, I think she's beautiful. I absolutely think she is gorgeous. Out of everything, that's yes. what you got. Number one, single so guy. So you didn't yes. see the interview? Just like I oh did my see God, the. She's so beautiful. Just, I don't care. I believe you. I'm just putting that I out there. I believe everything the, you're saying into the atmosphere. If you want to know, like, just my thoughts on on this princess, I think she's beautiful. Now here are the three my three biggest takeaways. Number one, during the, the hoopla, the drama of her being in the family, the royal family, at what point she went, just like a business, she went to HR. Like there's a human resources in the freaking palace to sort of complain about this situation here. I'm, sure, I'm not sure how far that went, right? Um, number two, which is, you know, say what you want, she was legitimately having suicidal thoughts, which... You're you're marrying a prince. You come into this royal lifestyle, and next thing you know, a few years down the road, you're having suicidal thoughts. You're dealing with paparazzi. You're dealing with the drama. Even Harry said this is very reminiscent of what my mom was going through, Princess Di, 
who, in my opinion, is a goat, like an Oprah type. And then thirdly, which was sort of the biggest controversy, and they wouldn't name names, they the family wanted to know how dark-skinned baby Archie would be when he was born, because she's, I think, mixed, half-half. He's obviously a ginger. I think they're thinking, please tell me this kid don't look like Blake Griffin. We hope not. So shout out Blake Griffin. But um, <laughs> Dunk on Kia. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I saw it for yeah, you saw that right there. Looking like a bag of Cheetos right there. But that was pretty controversial for the family. Like, so and uh, I, I'm not sure if it was Stephen Colbert. Blake Griffin just went to the Nets. By yeah, the yeah, yeah. Blake, yeah, the Nets are going to probably yeah. win a championship this year. But anyway, side note. Um, shocker, the royal family in uh, the, the, the greatest imperialist country ever to exist might be a tad racist. We, they might be. So... Um, there was some definitely some drama going Where you on at, there. Tom, with you this? know, and the, the racism card is what's being played a lot right now. The biggest loser in all this is Adam Silver in the NBA. They had their all-star game that night, their big showcase. CBS destroyed it. It absolutely destroyed it in the ratings. So they go head-to-head, and, and that's got to scare the NBA. One of the biggest winners, Gail King, she deserves a raise at CBS. Her best friend's Oprah. She gets the interview over there. They had to pay 7 to $9 million in licensing fees, but Gail King, kudos to her. You know, um, this was a total recipe for disaster for the royal family when Meghan Markle entered the, fam- uh, entered the family because she was a celebrity. She's wired for ambition. She's an ambitious individual. All right, She knew how to play this status that she was about to get. And, and she wasn't a huge celebrity, but she already had the hunger and the drive for working her way up in the showbiz world and making it in Hollywood. You know, I don't blame her at all. I saw this coming. I didn't think this would work with Harry eventually. It's the worst case scenario for the Royals because they're all about tradition and conforming and consistency and honoring that, that crown and, and keeping that whole thing going, right? And she's about... um. I don't know any about this in my history. I'm thinking about myself and my family, and and clearly Harry is all in on board with her. I went in thinking that I was going to be anti-Meghan Markle on this thing, that uh, like she was being opportunistic to a negative degree where she was really taking advantage of this. But I bought some of her stories that she was talking about. And, you know, they got to Hollywood, and they've already signed a nine-figure deal with Netflix. They have a $100 million deal with Netflix to produce documentaries and, and, and entertainment. They have a huge podcast contract, so they're making a ton of money. But this thing's going to get crazy because this is the last thing that the royal family needs, and this is the biggest story, and it's an American that's going to do this damage to them ultimately. And then if you want to talk about Pierce Morgan, uh, which is a fascinating story, right, with him storming off the set of Good Morning Britain today, basically their version of Good Morning America. But do you know his backstory with Megan? They met for 90 minutes. They sat down. They talked. They got you know, they got along and there was something going on. Yeah, they, 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 were, they got together. It was together. a relationship. This was back in 2015, and apparently they really hit it off. They were having a pint and maybe another cocktail or something. And according to Pierce, when he tells this story, they really hit it off. He must have had something for her, probably, right? He puts her in a cab after that. She goes to a party, and that's the party she met Harry at. And he said that she never talked to him again. So there might be some really deep-rooted personal feelings there with Pierce. And it all exploded this morning, which is only going to keep the story going because he walked off the set. He stormed off the set. He took off his mic, exit stage left. That's exactly what Megan wants. Oh, my God. So this is just playing up even bigger and bigger Explain what the Pierce Morgan uh, part of the story is that— what happened this morning? He's, he's and... defending the Royals on no, this no, one. No, no, what happened this morning is somebody came in on yeah. the show 
and called out Pierce. This guy doesn't like the weather Pierce. guy. The weather guy does not like Pierce at all. On Good Morning Britain. Yeah. On Good Morning gotcha. Britain, and kind of called him on. He said, "Well, you don't understand how challenges this has been to have been Megan and Harry and all they've gone through of being part of this limelight and how the yeah. media has trashed them and the media has not been friendly to them outside of the wedding." That's pretty much what he said. And then Pierce, like, "I'm not having this." He just walked out. Yeah. And so the guy actually, said, and, "He's a he's a king of publicity stunts." That was a brilliant move by yeah. Pierce. Pierce is a, is a genius. I mean, you have to realize he's... Genius. He, oh, there's no question about it. He, he mm. understands marketing. Let me okay. say that part. I wouldn't say he knows Pythagorean theorem, <laughs> but I would say he is a very good marketer and he knows how to put a story out there. So you can't say no to it. You don't find him annoying at all? Oh, 100%. Okay, gotcha. No, no, no. Yeah, I, didn't, yeah. I never... But, but, I just want to get your thoughts on that. You ever met an annoying genius? Like, uh, it's, it's, yeah, he's uh, over there. He's sitting over the, there. The, 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 uh, there <laughs> Our are, friend Kai. Genius comes yeah. in many different colors. They can be yeah. jerks. They can be annoying. They can be attractive. They can be ugly. They can be a lot of things. So let's go back to the story. Yeah. Do, yeah. You, do you have sympathy for her? Uh, I do not. <clears throat> and you I'll, do not? Let, I'd love to hear your Let me explain yes. where I may and where I don't. Go. Okay. So here's where I'm at with, uh, uh, with the interview. So I watched the interview, and I'm going through. I'm like, okay. Sounds good. Opens up. Hey, we're not paying for it. You're not doing this. It's open to any questions. Great. She starts going into the story. Well, you know, what happened with this? And then Oprah showed some stuff. You know, Katie had the bump. And they're like, oh, wow, look how she's appreciating the bump. But when, uh, uh, you know, Megan would put it, how, look, she can't get her hands off her bump. I mean, that's just true. You can't do something like that. Or then, hey, here's Katie eating uh, gua uh, uh, guacamole or avocado, and look how responsible she's been with her health. And then the same story with Megan eating avocado. Look what she's doing, destroying water and all this. And you should see these articles. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's pretty bad when you compare it. You're saying that Megan was getting the raw end of the deal. Me Megan there. in UK was treated like Trump was treated in US. To wow. kind of give you an idea about how that was treated. The treatment was she couldn't do anything right. right. I fully agree and with Kate that. And Kate Middleton was getting all the love. And Kate Middleton, who was... Kate Middleton was getting all the love because Kate Middleton was like, I understand the traditions, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, well, she's British. Kate is more, so so it's not about, so Grace Kelly. If you tell a story about Grace Kelly, do you remember Grace Kelly? Yes. Who was Grace famous Kelly? Famous actress that Famous actress the, uh, who was Prince much of... bigger than Megan. Megan wasn't at the right. level of Grace, Ke Grace right. Kelly. Right, I never heard was, of Megan Markle that's before. That's the point, yeah, yeah. Was, Suits was a good show. Yeah, but not. I didn't even know she was on close. that show. Guys, guys, there's yeah. Grace right. Kelly, and then there's. She's not Meg Angelina Jolie. She's no, not Scarlett Johansson. It's not she even was an comparing actress. to Angelina Jolie. Yeah. It, the only one person you compare to when you're selling a house or you're buying a house or you're buying a card, what do you look for? Comps. comps. The comp is the only fair comp is who? Grace Kelly. It's not Princess Diana. Mm -hmm. It's Grace Kelly. Okay. So if you compare to Grace Kelly, Grace Kelly was graceful. Grace Kelly came into the Monaco family. She's like, hey, here's had her own identity. She still wanted to do her, her own things. What she didn't like later on, if you go to the museum and kind of learn about her, she still wanted to do acting. You know, one of the uh, bigger uh, directors at the time, who was the bigger director that did the— uh, Hitchcock? I, I don't know if it was Hitchcock. One of them reached out to her. It was a guy that she had already done movies with before. Says, I want to do another movie with you. And she says, I can't because the royal family— she says, I want to do it. So he convinced her. She went up to them. They're like, you can't do it because now you're part of the So she's like, finally, she says, okay, I won't do the movie, which makes sense. You're now part of the royal family. You kind of know what you've gotten into. Megan, on the other hand, you know, she's been married before, a lot of issues with her husband, ex-husband when she was with him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and again, this is what you read about, right? I'm not somebody that knows. I haven't interviewed everybody to know about uh, everyone's stories. 
Her and her dad didn't speak for a couple years. Her dad got a letter from Megan that she was thinking. He was thinking about going public with it. Every 30 days, he says, I'm going to bring it out, bring it out until she contacts me. So apparently there was something going on with the dad. And uh, a lot of people in Hollywood, you know, maybe didn't really get along with her for her, you know, pompous attitude a little bit, It's which what people have said about her. Now, let's go to the interview. Back to the interview. Yep. Oprah's doing the interview, and they're going through it. A couple different things came up. One was the baby. One was the bump. Um, the other one was um, uh, how when Archie, when, when she was pregnant, they said, we're not going to provide security for your baby. Right. Or a title or anything yeah, like or that. or a title or for the baby, which, by the way. Do you believe? And every time Oprah asked, who said that? They would not. Who said that? No, she wouldn't say that. She would say, it's what I heard. It's what Harry and others told me. So it's nothing ever that was direct. She would deflect and say, it's what Harry told me. It's what Harry told me. It's like when you know when you go buy a house and I'm talking to the husband. It's like, oh, I love this house. It's great. But your wife isn't here. And I say, so do we want to make an offer? And you say what? Let me let me, let me speak to my wife. To my wife. <laughs> like, are you? Let's call her right now. Right, well, no, she right. needs to see the house yeah. first, right? So she would deflect. It's a great uh, uh, skill set of a client to do that. It's, mm-hmm. it's a, let me talk to my wife. Let me talk to my wife. Let me talk to my wife. It's great. I've been through it long enough to know that this is a normal process when you're selling. So she kind of deflected on Harry. Hey, let me talk to Harry. Hey, let me talk to Harry. Hey, it's what Harry said. Oh, so you didn't hear this? No, but Harry told me and someone told Harry. So there wasn't credibility about whether the kid was going to get security or not, protection or not. Now, here's the thing. Amongst us, do you actually believe they're not going to give the baby security? I don't believe that. Because if you don't give the baby security, who are you making look like an idiot yourself? Imagine the publicity stunt if you didn't provide security for the baby. Okay, imagine that. Now, do I see something like that taking place and saying, hey, you know, let me tell you what happened. We're not going to, you know what, what if we don't give him security? Oh, you know what, your baby doesn't even. So imagine like some kind of a challenge, an argument took place. Mm-hmm. And then she says, they threatened to not give security. Yeah, but that's kind of like saying, hey, you know what I'm going to do to you? I'm going to kick your ass. Dude, I'm not going to kick your ass. It's just something that happened. Yeah. So we don't know where that went, right? We don't know that part of it. Again, we just have to believe what she's saying in this interview. Then there was a part where, um, you know, a conversation about Megan's baby is of color. You know, like you brought it up a little bit at the beginning. And, uh, you know, there's this awkward part of the interview where Oprah Winfrey says, wait, what? Yeah. Who who said this? And Megan's like, it's like a five-second pause in the interview. Wait, you, you mean to tell me somebody said that? Do you think there was a part of this because of race? She's not answering. Then Oprah says, well, if, if it's this, I mean, if it's the first baby that could be of a different color coming in, maybe that makes them feel uncomfortable. And she says, well, uh, her words, if that's the assumption you're making, it's a safe assumption to be making. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's kind of like. She answered it without answering No, it. she says it that, hey, Oprah, if that's the assumption you're making, that's a pretty good assumption to be making. So, mm-hmm. look, you know, you when you're around folks long enough and you sit down with people, you kind of know how to, you know, yeah. sell and market on all that. And then later on, hey, she asked for help. That part, I actually believe. And the reason why I believe that part is because, you know, um, in, in business and life, Whatever you want, when sometimes you get it, not everybody can handle it. The limelight is not for everybody. Because what comes with the limelight? 
What comes with the limelight? Pressure. Uh, expectations, focus. You Trauma. Know. Okay, pressure yeah. of what, though? Expectation of what? So actually think about expectation. What are the most annoying pressure and expectation that comes out if you become famous and you're in the limelight? I'm talking like highest level like, like herself. being exposed, things like that. Such mm-hmm. as what? So actually process it. One is looks. Look at her. She's getting older. Mm-hmm. Look at the skin. Look at this. So the judgment is hardcore on what? What you look like, right? What else is it? Mistakes. Anything Mistakes. You do? Judgment on your past, past what marriage. You yeah, what you body. eat, what you mm-hmm. do. Everything, you, literally every everything. Everything is single. Ju- you're in a glass box. Like you're being looked at, judged, reviewed. So if you go from this that. kind of. Grace Kelly had it. Mm-hmm. And she yeah. was the same. So it's not like the day she got married to Monaco and she became more famous. No. She was famous the day before she got married. She was famous the day after she got married. Megan was here. She went, bam, yeah. right? The world now knows. So I can see yeah. that happening. You needing to talk to somebody. I, I can, can actually see that part. I can play a little counterpoint to you. Yeah. And it's funny how you can watch the same interview and maybe get a little different take. Number one, when she said, I'm going to refer to, to Harry, maybe I looked at it like she was protecting that person that said it. She didn't want to expose her him at that time. She already said that but it I wasn't But I would have never said Harry because you're also – you're also putting the responsibility on Harry. You're dividing Harry with the family. That's the one person well, you don't. Well, he did that when he moved to the U.S. No, that's not the point. No, 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 no. You have to know if I'm if I'm putting it on you, I'm 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 almost making the division between you and your family wider and wider, which it just shows maybe yeah. you are who people say you are. Maybe you are. Mm-hmm. So everything, the blame was on Harry. She didn't take any of the responsibility. She says it's what I heard through Harry. <laughs> it's what I heard through Harry. She said that three times. She knows I'm, how to I'm a, a guy bit. that's a diffuse, unified glue. She was dividing yeah. him and the family hardcore. Yeah. That's how I read it. And then the security aspect, too. I think part of that was security for life. And she was worried that maybe when the child got older, Archie got older, he wouldn't have that security down the road. Probably protect him as a baby. I have three quick points. Number one, in 2011, when um, when William and, uh, uh, Kate. and Kate Middleton got married, we did a book on that. We partnered with Access Hollywood. I wrote this book on the royal wedding. It was the biggest thing. The book was very successful. It's sold. Three years ago in 2018, we were going to do a book on this one, right? The new royal wedding. And we had to pull the plug on it the day of the wedding. There was just no interest. It would have been a complete disaster. And we had a good media partner with it too, a very, very big celebrity gossip site. But there, I was stunned at the lack of interest in that thing. So we completely had to pull the plug or we got crushed. I'm going to make a quick prediction here. This is going to rattle Prince Charles like nothing else, because I think in his mind, he had this succession formula in place. I I think he figured he'd be king a lot sooner than now. Right. Who knows if his mom's ever going to pass on, if he's ever going to be king. I think and here's my prediction. He's going to do what NFL stars do when they go to another team. Right. Like an Emmett Smith goes in place with the Arizona Cardinals. What does he do? He comes back to the Cowboys, signs a one day contract so he can retire as a cowboy i think when prince charles when the queen actually dies and prince charles becomes king i think he's going to do it for a month ceremonially and then he's going to turn it over i think they need younger monarchy there i think he's going to put william on the crown i'm going to he's going to make him king and and the other thing is this really hurts harry's brand doesn't it i mean he used to be this fun loving macho cool dude and now he's just taking orders from everyone megan oprah the queen his brother his he just seems weak in this whole thing and i agree and and he's he's come to the I united agree. states but you know what i bet they have a really good life they live in beverly hills they have a huge deal for netflix she's going to have that creative outlet for her satisfied they can have more kids and they're going to be relevant they're going to stay in the 
public eye as long as they want to. Oh, the 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 playbook for what they're following is a great playbook. Don't get me wrong. It's a phenomenal playbook they're playing. But uh, it's also because you're part of the right family. You wouldn't have access to that playbook if you weren't part of that family. You wouldn't have bought an $11 million house if you mm-hmm. weren't part of that family. It's not like he was a lawyer when and started a law firm, sold it for $200 million, took his exit, and then he went and bought a house. And, you know, the money comes because of your last name and your lineage. There's got to be a little bit of respect being given to the family that gave you that success. There has to be some. As competitive as some people maybe with their – like. Bill Clinton, okay, whoever Bill Clinton may be, his mother had issues, a lot of issues, a lot of issues. If you study Bill Clinton's mother, when they asked him about his mother, he's like, well, listen, you know, you have to know it's my mother and I love her and, you know, it's been, yeah, Mm -hmm. we all have issues, but it's my mother and, you know, she raised me and I'm so thankful for that. He never answered the question. He just kind of went and gave that respect to I, I, there is a challenge, like there is not like we're talking about anything catastrophic here that happened that they hit or, you know, anything that's manipulative that took place, right? You got to pay some respect to that family. To me, Megan is not even the issue to me. I don't have any problem with Megan. Megan's like, look, hey, Harry, I don't want your life, bro. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Let's just simplify this. I don't want your life. I want to be me. I've been me my entire life. If I don't like it, I don't like it. Megan could divorce him six years from now, and she can move on to a completely different life. That could easily happen. The part that's a little bit uh, uh, disappointing to see is when I see a son of the family allowing this to happen where the public humiliation is the family, okay? Mm-hmm. The public humiliation is from the family. That's the only part that I sure. see. I, 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 you know, it's, it's, uh, it's the only challenge I have with that Yeah, part. he had a choice to choose the family and the history and the crown or his wife. He went with his wife. But wait a minute. That's not what I'm saying. No, no, no. I'm not saying don't choose your wife. I'm not saying don't have choose your wife. Have a little your... bit more. No, I'm not saying don't choose okay. your wife. I didn't say don't choose your wife. I'm saying choose your wife. But when you're choosing your wife, you have to say, I hope you realize this is who I am. And I, I have to respect the family. I'm respecting yours. You got to respect my family. Guys, we can't hear you, Sam. Turn off your mic. Okay? I respect your family. Respect mine. We can still hear you. So, so we have to respect the family. That's all I'm saying. If I marry Jen, hey, my family has issues. Look, I understand. I love you. I want to marry you. I want to have kids with you. Mm-hmm. Like when my, wife, when my wife and I were getting married, the night before I got married, I had a meeting with my mom. And I sat with my mom. And I told her, for 30 years, you've been my number one. Tomorrow, you're my number two. She's my number one. Wasn't easy, but I had to tell her. It's my marriage. But I have respect. Mm-hmm. Here's what's going on here. I think that part was a little bit that... Uh, yeah, but it's such an extreme when it's monarchy and it's that tradition. I mean, Harry literally had to make that choice because he moved all the way halfway across yeah, the country. but make the choice, but say, yeah. we don't need yeah. to publicize and throw my entire family under the bus. The whole show is about throwing the family under the bus. Yeah. If you choose to get married, I fully get it. Move wherever yeah. you want to go. I want to leave yeah. the family. But don't do an Oprah Winfrey right. show with $100 million trashing yeah. the reason why you're living next to Oprah Winfrey. Yeah. If you weren't right. in that in family, Montecito, you don't right. live yeah. next to yeah. Oprah Winfrey because yeah. there's got to be a little bit of – it's the same exact thing when Americans who are raised and born in America who go trashing America on how terrible of a country America is rather than paying some respect and saying, hey, man, I was lucky to have been born in America. Some of us weren't born into this yeah. incredible country. Some of us fought like crazy – so there's other people on the other side saying, 
Dude, if I was part of that family, at least show a little bit of gratitude. That's yeah. the only challenge. Pierce that I Morgan see is going to do a pay per view. He's going to do a counterpoint interview in England. It'll get huge ratings, record numbers. Someone has to take, uh, get their side out of this. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Pierce Morgan annoys the hell out of me. But back to back to Harry, because I think you guys are missing one point with Harry. Um, I actually think that the guy has a spine and he has a backbone and he's doing what he thinks is right. And I don't think he's disrespecting his family like if Meghan Markle just did this interview solo status and she did it by herself and Harry wasn't there that to me is like Harry holy. wasn't there for the part okay, no, where but he she was... threw him under the bus Harry wasn't there but then he came in and said all right I'm here now no, what's no, no. up but did you watch the interview she, it was a solo interview with but her did you watch when he came in like he said what's up did you see it he yeah yeah he hello said, what's cheerio up? I'm yeah. here what's up yeah. yeah of course of course yeah but he came in and that... and validated meaning they were lock and step like, it wasn't like she... Listen, he's running the show, in my opinion. I don't think she's the what, boss. What gives you the idea he's running the show? I, I look, listen, when she showed up, he, she wasn't like, all right, uh, you got a new sheriff in town. Harry, take a back seat. I'm running the show. I got the family. Uh, I, you I got, think he's running the yes, show? Yes, no, I think very much so. He's run, you are the only person yes. in the world who thinks this. Okay. So he's listen, running I the show. I have contacts in the monarchy over there. <laughs> I know. So... Listen, but, but give me proof what makes you think he's I just running think, the show. I just think, look, when she shows up, yeah. you, you don't think that he's like, look, this is my world. No, Welcome it's not. to it. What? No, it's not. How do you not think that have that conversation. Have you ever seen him trash her family? I, I, have I ever seen. I don't think. He, that's irrelevant to me. Well, it's more but, like. But that's what she's doing to him. I, I, he is very well aware of what she's doing. Where did he get you his wealth think, from? Where did he get his wealth from? Listen, you can do both. You can have respect for your family, but at the where, same time, where did he get his call out the from? bullshit. Where Obviously, did he get his, his family. Obviously where did you get family. your wealth from? Solo. My, Solo, my, you yes. did it. Okay, so you're self-made. Yes. Now, imagine if you start off with 50 million bucks from your family. Okay, but that same, if that same, regardless of family, well, wait a minute, he's, also, he's also respect. commenting on culture, tabloids. Listen, you gotta you gotta oh, remember. I, I can. I'm okay he lost with that. his mother to to some of the craziest. I'm okay with that. Okay. Yeah, I'm okay the with guy, that. The guy, the guy has Diana a guy. I'm a, I'm what, a fan of that. Uh, what I'm saying is the guy has a spine, meaning he has a, like you might not agree with how he's handling it or the you know how he's choosing to throw his family under the bus. So be it. But he's like, look, I have one life. I'm seeing things that I don't necessarily agree with, with it, whether that's in the monarchy, in my family, in British culture, in the tabloids. And I have a, I'm a man. I have a wife. I have a family. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my fist down. This is what I believe. And if That's okay. Nobody okay. has a problem with that. But pay respect to the family. I think you can do both. But he did not. He allowed his wife to do a show with 100 million people trashing his family. Well, maybe he called. Everybody. He tried to call his family and they wouldn't every, take his calls. Every, everybody. That happens in families. Have okay. you ever had somebody you can talk to for a while? Do you go and do a show for 100 million people and yeah, say, hey, family, call pay, me? I haven't spoken right. to my mom in a few weeks. Okay. I might do a You're show. You're going to go do a show saying, hey, Mom, how come you don't call me? <laughs> Look, I don't, I, don't, I don't care about, you know, whether or not, you know, he stays or he leaves. That's none of my. That's not uh, uh, my position here. Do what you got to do. You're you're a grown man, but if you're doing it, say, hey, here's where I'm doing. I'm leaving. We have to respect my family because without the family, we don't. Okay, let me ask you this. If I think he's saying if that. They, though. No, no, he's not saying it. If they don't have the royal family, you think Netflix signs a hundred million dollar contract? Tom. Of course not. Okay, yeah. uh, let's see Adam yeah. because I'm curious. 
Well, obviously, it's the whole freaking premise here but, is but, that but, he's part of the royal family. But do you think if they're not part of the royal family to get a hundred million dollar contract? What, what, but they are part of the royal. But you're family. not answering the what, question. What do you mean? The yes 20- or no? I'm not understanding the if question. If he didn't come from that lineage. If he didn't come from the lineage, we'd be on the next story right now. But, we'd but, be but freaking irrelevant. But if he's not, would Netflix give him $100 million bucks? Obviously not. Okay, so the, the point is, give some respect to that. But he is. But he's not. I think he is. I think he's a respectful— Give me a point, though. Give me a point. His wife trashed his family publicly. His wife called his family racist— not uh, caring about suicidal, his family. She called okay. his family. And breaking that, news: maybe they are. If, if maybe they freaking are, and this is him saying, "Let me look. Let, we can't continue life question. like this." Let me ask you a question. You disrespected my does, entire existence. Does your dad have certain issues? He did. Yeah. He did. Does your mom have certain issues? Of course. You marry a wife. Yeah. She goes and shares your dirty laundry of your parents. You're okay with that? Depends what the like. It's, depends I, on what. Give me okay, what depends. It, meaning. There's limits to what you're willing to take. Listen, you guys are being super disrespectful. Yeah. Like if, if your mom was disrespecting Jen to, to the point where it's like she doesn't be part of his family. Uh, Tico, he's, that's it. No, no title. Problem. No nothing. No At problem. what point do you have a conversation and say, look. Okay. Well, then this is where we. Like, uh, this what is the hell's wrong with this you? This is where we differ in values and principles. This is where we differ in values and principles. Let me tell you, I don't know a single family that doesn't fight, doesn't argue, doesn't have issues, doesn't have bickering, doesn't have any challenge. There is not a family that doesn't, doesn't have that. Not one family that doesn't have that. Zero. Every family, if you sit there and talk to them, everybody thinks their family's like, oh, my gosh, if people really know what my family was like. We all have a ridiculous family. None of us have a family that walks on water, okay? Mm-hmm. And we all have dirty issues that if people find out, like, that's your mom, that's your dad, that's your family. Yes, that's my family but it's my family. We work here. There's walls here. We have issues. We have differences. We have problems that happens here. It's our business. We talk about it. We hash it out. We move on. It's going to happen many times. You don't go to the public and say, let me tell you what happened yesterday when Patrick, da, 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 let me t-. We're, we're dealing with it here is what we got. You keep it in the family. I have no problem with you leaving. Zero. Do it. No problem. Believe and the message is, I'm grateful for the family. We have made a decision to not discuss any of our affairs with our family. Like Michael Jordan would say, Michael, tell me about your personal life. Hey, you got questions about my kids? You got, got questions about my personal life? I don't answer those. You got questions about my game? You got questions about my business matters? I'll answer those. He made it very clear with the media. Today, people salute Mike. This is not a good look to say, let's become famous by trashing our lineage that gave us all this money. It's very unattractive to me. That's all it is. Yeah, and it's on Harry because she's she is who her. she is. I can't wait to see what kind of content they produce yeah. to see if they've got the chops. I mean, because Netflix doesn't just hand that money out. They're not a charity. So they they are the pressure's on them for really to crank out some desirable content, and we'll see if they can. Okay, if you're watching this, if you, you just saw us going back and forth. Adam's got his own positions. I got my positions. Tom's got his positions. We're all somewhat different, okay? Mm-hmm. Do, you, uh, do you think uh, Megan sharing her stories, she was uh, a, a major, you know, they were in the right move to come out and do what they did? If yes, comment below. I'm curious. Do you think, no, I totally disagree. They should have just kept it in the family and moved on. I also want to hear your thoughts. Comment below to see what you're saying about this dialogue that we had the last 30 minutes about Megan and Harry. I hope you're going to be okay, by the way. I'm, I hope, I'm a little emotional yeah, right Yeah, I know you're a little emotional, but it's going to be all right. Yeah. You're, you're going to be fine, just so you know. You, you By got, the way, uh, if anyone uh, has any 
ties to Meghan Markle's sister, anything uh No, I, I see you with Pippa. Pippa, Pippa? Middleton. Okay. That's who I see you with. <clears throat> yeah, I, I think Adam is Adam is sitting there saying, let me get this straight. If I marry a Megan, yeah. or if I get into the family, get a hundred million dollar <laughs> well, Netflix. Yeah. Oh, that's exactly my play. Well, Very. my I, I lost out on my top pick. That's was, a good point, Mackenzie. That's I, right, I, I, had a I had it. We were talking, and you know, she wanted different. So direction. let's let's talk about that. So School Mackenzie teacher. Bezos yeah. uh, ends up uh, fairly quickly, by the way. Uh, uh, leaving uh, when they got the divorce, she ends up marrying a school teacher. One of her kids' school teachers, a right? Is that kind teacher. of what happened? A science teacher. So what, what do you think about that? Since you have strong opinions here, why don't we give this one to you? I mean, Mackenzie Bezos, she was married to Jeff Bezos, the richest man in the world, for, what, 20-something years? Yep. They get a divorce maybe five years ago. Uh, Jeff Bezos starts dating Tom's good friend. What's her name? Lauren Sanchez. Lauren yeah. Sanchez. Um, and Megan, who, I'm sorry, um, Mackenzie, 50 years old, ends up divorcee and only worth about, you know, $50 billion, something ridiculous. One of the wealthiest women in the world. She owns what 5% of Amazon, whatever the number is. And she's 50. She's not young, but she's not old. And she uh, made headlines, what, over the pandemic for doing what? Just completely giving billions and billions of dollars away to philanthropic charities and, and just being a decent person. That's my biggest takeaway from her oh, is that, I, I think is that she, she has is. just she been... She could have been a, you know, typical Boca divorcee and just, you know, shopped Leave every day. Leave the folks in Boca alone. Just, Honestly, you know, we're, we're, that was offensive, right? I, I did offend some people, but she had an opportunity to be just a, um, to contribute nothing to society and be rich and, you know, live on a yacht. But she said, no, I actually want to make a difference. I actually want to have a normal life. And give back to society. And that's clearly what she's done. She's given away billions. What do you think about her marrying a school teacher? I think kudos to this freaking science teacher that put some sort of chemistry concoction together and said, all right, I'm going to woo this uber wealthy yeah. Bezos broad. And uh, she uh, she fell for it. And good for him. Uh, this guy's name is Dan Jewett, and Jan, Dan Jewett is doing it, and doing it big Tom. time. I'm going to have a disclaimer here and say I don't know him. I don't know him, so, but you know what? I don't well, need know to know him to Sanchez. have an opinion, right? I don't, and, and this is a farce. This is not going to work. This has no chance to work. Really? Zero. And I'll tell you why. Because they're <laughs> just completely miscast. And it might be all great now. I married the science teacher. I met him at school pickup and the whole thing. But this is not going to work because they are too different. They come from two different worlds. Huh. It, it never works. Look at Elizabeth Taylor when she tried to marry a commoner. It didn't work. It, it never does. And I, I have a friend. I have a very good friend who was married to a very successful man, a lot of family wealth. She, you know, she grew up, you know, in, in, high, in a higher society, was used to that type of life. When she got divorced, she had a relationship with a guy who really didn't have a job that really, you know, yeah. kind of flopped around, like to do, you know, just like to have a good time. She got tired of always having to pay. She got tired of having to carry him. And I think any guy would be a little insecure in this situation. Unless this guy is the strongest man on the planet. <laughs> I mean, this thing will, will start Every fraying away. Jeff Bezos. Jeff I mean, Jeff, don't, don't you think? Jeff Bezos, richest man in the world. Jeff Bezos just landed on the moon. Jeff Bezos, he's like, I'm just trying to land on my wife tonight. You know, <laughs> Jeff Bezos, Jeff Bezos, yeah. Jeff Bezos. His whole existence is to help her give away the wealth, and I just think it's weird. I think it's weird she got married this quick, number yeah. one. I think it's odd that, you know, his whole, all everything he's saying is too perfect for me. Now, I could be wrong and they could be perfect for each other and just save the world but it's a little weird to me i think 
just to counter uh, counter argument on what you said, clearly she knew what she was signing up for, and he knew what she was signing. Like they they knew just like the Harry and Meghan thing. You know what you're getting yourself into. And even she said she changed her Amazon author page. Ironically, her Amazon author page. Ironically, Barton. She lives in Seattle with her four children and her husband Dan. That's her bio. She, she's guilty of That's being. Her bio. So, she's feeling guilty for having this much wealth. I, I think if she she would feel guilty if she wasn't giving it away. Well, I no, think that's she part just of wants, the reason why she is. Giving I just think it away. she wants a normal life, raise her kids, lives in Seattle. She knew what she's getting herself into with this science teacher. I think the biggest question is, how long is Homie going to actually teach science class? <laughs> like, uh, like. Well, once when one kid steps out of line, he's just like, like I can't deal with this crap anymore. I'm out. Let's just go on vacation. <laughs> Once the honeymoon wears I think wears that's off, the biggest thing is how long is he going to be a science teacher for? You were a substitute teacher. I no. was a substitute teacher, <laughs> yeah, for a year. You're going, where were the billionaires for yeah. me back then? Exactly. There, hey, was, what, there was no Mackenzie Bezos popping into science class being oh like, hey. I, I think a guy, once the honeymoon wears off, is just going to feel insecure and thinking, I didn't really have anything to do with this. It's all her. And, and then and then little things start happening. Maybe you're a little short-tempered. Maybe you're a little condescending. Maybe you're a little snappy and this and that. And that just builds and builds and builds. So I don't know. I wish them all the best, but it just seems like a weird I wish mix. them all the best, but they'll be divorced in six months. But that's just my opinion, and I'm sticking to it. Well, I mean, you, you, you just have to realize, when you go through a very – uh, 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 extreme relationship, extreme meaning abusive, extremely lovable, extremely a prick, extremely competitive, extremely attractive, extremely whatever the extreme you go you go and date. Mm-hmm. You typically are like, dude, I'm so I want to go complete opposite side. So then you typically go like we went extremely yes. politically one side, then we go extremely poli- one guy that tweets 50 times a day, one guy that doesn't even want yeah. to do a press conference. We are so extreme as human beings, right? But so do you want more extreme or you want more normal? I didn't say this is not me. This is what McKenzie did. No, I'm, I'm saying, just a regular I, I, guy I, I, here. So but I'm at, are you saying that you go from one stream to another? or go from no, one extreme to just I want some normalcy. No, no. Typically with an extreme, yeah. you at one point valued that. So if you valued, oh my gosh, Jeff is so driven. Mm-hmm. Freaking, this is so attractive. Right. You know, and then you're like, dude, this guy wants to go take out Barnes & Noble. And then you're like, dude, that's attractive. And it's like, I want to go live on Mars. Babe, that's enough. I'm like, I'm limited. I'm like, good. We're taking our bookstores, but I don't care to go to Mars. Like, yeah, enough. Yeah. Let me just go marry a scientist that wants yeah. to figure out chemistry, right? Let's go figure out some of this benzene right. stuff. So, so now she goes and marries a guy like that. You date a very, very attractive girl who wanted you to get her gifts every day, and I demand a dozen roses every single week. Oh, no problem. You're so beautiful. And then all of a sudden, you're like, bro, I just want to like miss one week of flowers with you and not mm-hmm. be judged for it, right? Then you go meet a girl that's just like, oh, if you get me flowers once a year, I'm so grateful for it. Like, why don't you know? So, so, so there, there's an element of that going on. You went from the richest man in the world to a teacher, okay, to yeah. a teacher. Now, you know, it could work. It could work where you're just kind of like going away and just kind of kicking back and relaxing. But Tom's got a good point. It's going to be very there, – there is a reason why J-Lo's dating A-Rod, okay? There's a reason why Jay-Z's dating Beyonce. Jay-Z is Beyonce. Beyonce is Jay-Z, if that makes mm-hmm. any sense. A-Rod is J-Lo. J-Lo is A-Rod. Kanye yeah. is Kim. Kim is Kanye. There is that understanding of what it is with the limelight, you know? You've been trained right. on how to do it. This science teacher has not had limelight except for – 20 kids that are screaming his name, throwing paper to you know. It's a counter-argument that. You always hear people in Hollywood like, I do not wear, want to marry another actress. I do not want to marry yeah, someone in the limelight. Yeah, they say that. They say I that. want to just someone who's low-key, be the mother of my that. children. But you remember what you said? You said something. You said, you know, ever since I've been around your company, what I'm starting to realize, the power of couples. Correct. Okay, that's yes. the couple power. Yes. So McKinsey is, there. 
That's that's yeah. a different kind of a, you know, you have to know, like McKenzie. Who do you think McKenzie's met in her lifetime at a dinner? Everybody. Everybody. Yeah. Are you kidding yeah. me? Who she's hasn't met she Tom Zenner before. I mean, what I'm trying to tell you is she's met every who's who. So who do yeah. you think impresses her? Nobody. Can you imagine? You're like, oh. Mackenzie, tonight I'm gonna take you out to dinner, I'm gonna tear double date, <laughs> and I'm gonna introduce you to the number one realtor in all of such and such county. It's like, bro, I own the company. What are you talking <laughs> about? <laughs> he works for me. Yeah. You know? so, yeah. so there's, it's not gonna be hard to impress. Yeah. You know, yeah. you take a girl out the first time to Europe. She's like, oh my gosh, Tom, this is such a beautiful place. You take a girl yeah. that's been to Europe 50 million times. Right. Like, okay, let me take you to the restaurant. You follow me, guy. <laughs> so there isn't yeah. that. I want to get that. Yeah, right. Right. You know, I think I think they're doing it for the right reasons. Okay, I'll give them that yeah, much. I think so okay, as well. you know, but but you know, it's already come out that he had played a big role in her divvying up that four bill that she gave away at the end of last year. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking, what, how are you this qualified to be telling her what to do with the money? Jeff might be thinking as well. You know, I'm the one that kind of built this company and earned this money. Now they're Kai, giving can it away. Can we pull him up, Dan? So Jewett, I, let's I, see what this guy looks like. I just like. think watch him have like a ridiculous six pack and runs ten miles a day. Benches <laughs> yeah, let's, four let, plates. Let's get a little. Say let's, something let's about Dan. No, he, there's a, something called yeah. human nature, Let and a Dan guy doesn't want to be taken. He doesn't want to be taken care of all the time. Is that him? On the left? Oh, boy. He's just a dude. He's a dude. Wow. <laughs> she looks happy. We must be related. That's a very similar nose. I recognize that <laughs> nose. <laughs> He's the Armenian uh, science teacher that uh, Good for him. lost. Well, I mean, look, she looks very, very happy. Yeah. Holding her candle, and, they, you know, obviously they're uh, hanging out somewhere well, there. But uh, Pat, you, you brought up something, so I'll just circle back to that. Like when you, when, you de- when you deal with four years <clears throat> of extreme By the way, he's Trump. still upset with Megan, just so you guys know. Go ahead. Clearly distraught. Um, but, you know, the, the whole <laughs> thing with, with Biden, you know, not to get too political here, was we had such an extreme personality, such a showman, such a marketer, such a yeah. look at me, look at me, it's all about me, news Kind of like Megan, yeah, so go ahead. I don't know about yeah. that, but... I think there's a lot of people craving in this country, like, bro, just, just, just shut your mouth, get off Twitter. Just, oh, interesting. I want, I don't want any you of that drama. You gotta stay aligned with your points here. I, my, like, my points are intact, not, sir. Are my not, points are very... intact. Here's my point: is that this country, a lot of us, a lot of people, yeah. eighty plus million, yeah. we're like, dude, just enough of the drama. I just want something a little more chill. Again, not too political. Back to Mackenzie. I think she was like, look, I dealt with a guy who wanted to is be a trillionaire. Is this a different Adam 15 minutes ago and then changes with Mackenzie? Like, what I is the matter just, with you? This is I, My point is completely concise. I think she just wanted a normal, chill life. She married the science teacher. Oh my She'll God. never she's have running, a chill life. It's be she's, life she's running carpool pickup. She definitely has a type, bald guys. I, yeah. You figure she'd go with a guy with a full head of hair That's if she point. wanted At to be At least she's consistent. Yeah. Yeah. We respect that. At least Eric she's Galera consistent. Eric Galera should have slid it. Eric had a shot. <laughs> Editor. Shout, shout so, out so to Let, let me give a shout out to a couple people. Nicole Crino gave $5 and said, Megan just guaranteed the crown has a fifth season. Harry is a soy boy. Millennial men don't understand honor nor heritage. Okay. Yimmy Marino, uh, uh, have y'all seen Harry in Afghanistan? Have you seen Harry in Afghanistan or no? Have well, you, back ca- in the day when yeah. he used to go, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then we got uh, Cove 12 x 12 I still can't believe topic of the day is royal family and not how people are being brutalized in China. Okay, very interesting. There, that, That's a, uh, a shout-out to us talking about China. Rothschild owned the royals and the media. You're being duped into focusing on this fact, actual problems. And in cafecito break, we should protect our family and work out our own problems privately. Bringing out family drama attracts chaos. Does this help build up relationships? You know what? Good for you, cafecito break. But uh, 
Okay, so next, what do we want to talk about next? What do you want to talk about next? You pick it, Adam. How, how about you pick the topic? I what? think we got to talk about your boy, John McAfee. You want to talk about John I McAfee? Think, I think you have a personal experience with this guy. He's, He's all over guy. the news. Crypto, Bitcoin, blowing up. He's an interesting guy, guy yeah. and he might be facing life in prison. So John McAfee. Let's hear this story. Can, and I know can, you, you, can you pull up the interview with him and I where yes. he pulls up the gun? I think it's like 43 minutes. I don't know the exact time. That's what I want, it. baby. I want that story. So antivirus magnet. John McAfee has been indicted on federal charges related to fraudulent promotion of cryptocurrencies, cybersecurity mogul, uh, and former presidential candidate is a variety of charges brought up by U.S. Department of Defense. Uh, his executive advisor raked in, him and his executive advisor raked in more than $13 million from investors through a variety of means related to cryptocurrencies. The first scheme was scalping, also known as pump and dump, when McAfee's mm -hmm. cryptocurrency team allegedly purchased large amounts of Digital coins at low prices, knowing that McAfee would then endorse them on Twitter. This is exactly what my concern is with Musk, by the way, what I talked about the other day. This is my concern with Musk, that he's playing with fire. He irritates the wrong person. They could do something to the guy. They could do what they did to Trump to him. The first scheme was scalping and it dumped. Okay, McAfee then allegedly recommended such coins without disclosing he owned them. Yeah. Finally, the cryptocurrency team allegedly sold the cryptocurrencies following temporary price spikes that were generated by McAfee's tweets, a second alleged scheme in which McAfee and his team members used McAfee's Twitter account to promote initial coin offerings without disclosing they were being paid to do so. If found guilty, McAfee 75 faces a potential maximum prison sentence that would amount to a life sentence. Mm -hmm. yeah. Thoughts? Let me, let me get your guys' guess on, number one, how old do you think he is? Well, I think he's 75. I think I already he's 75, that. correct. Yeah, I just said yeah, 75. Yeah. Okay. Um, at his peak, what was his net worth, and what do you think his net worth is now? Peak was a hundred million. Okay. Yeah. What is it now? Less than five million bucks. You're absolutely right. Yeah. He was worth a hundred million dollars at one point. I think he sold his company to Intel, uh, McAfee Security. If you ever go on your computer, you know your Which, antivirus. You know worth today, right? Something insane, right? Couple, twenty plus. Hmm. Yeah, twenty billion, right? Ridiculous. It's owned by Intel. He sold it, cashed out. You know. 20 plus years ago, was living his life. Now he's worth, quote unquote, $4 million. Okay. So anyone who was worth $100 million at one point, built this ridiculous company, um, were, was doing whatever the hell you wanted to do, and now you're worth basically $4 million bucks. What kind of desperate measures are you willing to do? What kind of pump and dump schemes are you willing to go along with well, so I mean, just get you have back to realize, in the he spent his money partying hardcore. The guy yeah. partied like a He was Dan Bilzerian before there was Dan Bilzerian. He was the original playboy. If there was social media when mm -hmm. McAfee doing what, when, what McAfee was doing, McAfee would probably have 100 million followers today. His life, what he was doing, was ridiculous. In the 90s, 2000s, when was You this? ever seen his documentary? I've, no, I've never I seen I don't his recommend seeing his documentary if you don't like to see... Weird, kinky, sexual, desirable no, things. That's, that, that's not my style. Yes, yeah, so if you watch, very conservative. If you, then you may want to watch. Yeah. Uh, actually, if you actually like what he does in his documentary, that would say a lot about <laughs> well, you. But I go think, ahead. You know what? My first impression is, is exactly what you say with your experience with him, with the documentary and everything. He's a weirdo. I mean, he's he. You know, he's he's got this genius yeah. thing going for him in, in a positive and negative way. But you know, let's get to this case. You know, um, is he guilty or innocent? It seems like even Marsha Clark could win this trial. I mean, this one seems really, really obvious. It centers around this uh, cryptocurrency called Seether, right? Mm -hmm. Where he said... 
He told the feds that he had no involvement in it whatsoever. But the same day, he privately wrote to the Seether's founder, quote, for the next few weeks, take my name off your site. I want to be able to leverage my Twitter with people assuming I have no relationship with you. So there seems to be a smoking gun and a real trail here. So mm-hmm. he's already in custody. I think, isn't he? I think he's in custody. Well, he's in been Europe in hiding right in Belize, yeah. and then he went to Guatemala. So I would imagine, you know, Central his goose America. is cooked. He's done. They're probably going to get him, and it's over. I would imagine this is the final chapter for him. That would be my prediction. Well, he's already been all up in the news headlines for tax evasion. That was prior to this. Yeah, but do you know why he got arrested on the island he was living Let's in? You hear know the whole Let's, story. No, tell the story. Do you actually know the story? I or do no? not. I want to you know the story? story. No. Okay, this is because cr- he is in custody, yeah. isn't he? Oh yeah. yeah. So he. Goes and gets this house, yeah. beautiful home. In where? Belize? In, I think it's Belize. Yeah. And his neighbor is a guy that got the house right next to him because he wanted to retire. He just mm-hmm. wanted to have a peaceful life. So then he shows up. is your neighbor. <laughs> he had a, a, a pit Some bull dogs, in the backyard. Yeah. This pit bull would bark nonstop. McAfee's nonstop. Dog. McAfee's dog would bark nonstop, nonstop, nonstop. And the neighbor says, you got to do something about your dog. I'm trying to have a peaceful life here for retirement. Your dog's going crazy. So well, what does the neighbor do? The neighbor says, uh, gives the pit bull a poisoned steak. Oh. He poisons the steak, gives it to the dog. He murdered the dog. McAfee comes to the back and sees his dog dead. He says, you got to be kidding me. This is a story. He sees that. He hires somebody locally to go take the guy out. He takes the guy out. Wow. And Allegedly. Then, and then he tries to run out the country, and he got arrested, et cetera, et cetera. So that's one of the stories. But, you know, the guy's guy. He's so, on edge. So we showed up to his house, if you want to pull up the video. So we show up to his house. I'm in the car. I'm having a call. Was it 43 minutes? 43 minutes. So I'm in the car, and I'm, uh, uh, what do you call it, talking to Tom. And Mario says, hey, Pat, you may want to you may want to come inside because these guys are freaking out there. You're parked outside on the phone and the car is still on. Please turn it off. I'm like, How long what? ago was this interview? I don't know. Three years ago. Where were something you? Like Where that. did you do it? Tennessee. At his okay, house. In Tennessee. Yeah. So they go May 7th. Okay. Exactly. You know, 34 months ago. Right. So I'm in the car. He says, come inside. I said, what happened? He said, we just got frisked. And so the guy, our camera guy at the time, he was frightened. He's like, what the hell is going on? Luis. Right. He is purely panicking. OK. <laughs> So I finally go inside and say, hey, what's up? I say, hey, how you guys doing? They're good. So, so t- tell me about your story. What do you want to know about my story? I'm a vet. Oh, really? What were you stationed at? Oh, you know, I was stationed. I was a Navy SEAL and a Ranger. One guy's a Navy SEAL, one guy's a Ranger. I said, no way. I was at Fort Campbell, Kentucky. Really? What was your MOS? I was a 63 Bravo. What unit were you at? 326 engineers. Okay, this motherfucker knows what he's talking about. <laughs> he's like, we won't hey, kill you. Hey, come on, man. Bring out the whiskey. So we go there, bring it out. He said, listen, man, we got five prostitutes upstairs. You want to go? <laughs> I'm not even kidding with you. So I'm like, yeah, I appreciate the, the offer. It's okay. Thanks, yeah. I'm like, It's okay. Rain, I let me rain check. Rain check. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, but like, dude, you know, so we start. And these guys were really cool guys. There's 10 AK-47s on the table. Oh, my. I'm not even kidding with you. 10 AK-47. These are his security guards? Yeah, these are his security guards. There is at least 10 German shepherds outside, okay? And then all you hear is this sound. Like like a chain, massive sound of chain. Like I have no idea what's going on. It's the garage opening. But you've never heard a sound. as if it's a seven-ton garage wall, whatever that's open. So it opens up. It's oh, shoot, he's here. The dogs start barking. It's He's here, he's here. So I'm waiting. He shows up. He has a gun on his side. When you see the interview. McAfee. Fully loaded. Okay. He has whiskey. He's smoking while he does the interview. In the middle of the interview, somebody knocks on the door. 
One of the guys jumps up, goes to the door with a gun, seeing who's at the door. In the middle of the interview, you just got to see this to believe it, because okay. this almost sounds fake, but you got to see what happens here. Is he going through? Um, see the guy? Russia. Pat does not so, even move. Uh, Look God. at the gun to the <laughs> Thank God so for the two I, shot. Know, go back a little bit. Go back a little bit to show it again with um, the door knock. Go back 10 more seconds. Russia, you've got 50 different options. So watch. Watch. Or even direct flights. First someone knocks, knocks, knocks on the door. What the heck is he going through? Um, Russia. See the gun to McAfee's right? So, um, <laughs> yeah. Who was the guy that so knocked I, on the door? Know, who knocked on the door? I have no it's idea until today. for me to say is Look. it good? Is it bad? I don't have all the facts. And neither do you. Neither do I. You did not even flinch. You know, no. What am I going to do? What do you, did you think that that was all real or were they showtime for you? Oh, no way. It was 100% real. They were paranoid at the highest level from the beginning mm. to the very end. Uh, because at that time, he was going through something as well where they were after him. And he, they didn't give us the address to his place till two hours before the interview. They didn't give us the address. Where place. was it? Like in the Tennessee Hills it, or was it, it outside Nashville? Two, outs, two hours outside of Nashville. <laughs> There's you only hillbillies out there. Nashville what are they worried for about? The I was in Nashville. You're I had a there. meeting with Arthur gotcha. Laffer. And then, you know, we're trying to see if we can get McAfee. And they said, and then you go into the, it's literally in the boonies when you go to this place. Gotcha. And then we sat down, we spoke. And I have to tell you, it was actually a very good mm -hmm. uh, conversation. And the craziest thing at the time, Bitcoin was at like $7,000. He made a prediction saying Bitcoin's going to go to, $48,000. It went to wow. $48,000. So, so, uh -huh. Yes, yeah, so, so Four to years his, later. he said it was going to happen by the end of 2018, but it ended up going to $48,000. So wow. to his credit, it ended up going to forty eight. but it's a very, very interesting uh, so individual. What's your biggest takeaway from the interview and where it is currently in the uh, well, media listen, status? This is my concern with crypto. So exactly what happened here, you have to know that exactly what's going on here is happening with cards. And when you're able to manipulate crypto, because so a guy goes up, okay. Imagine Elon says Bitcoin is the future, mm -hmm. okay. So if you bought Bitcoin, let's just say Elon, and I'm not saying he did or he'd not, but let's just say somebody connected to him buys Bitcoin at thirty thousand. Bitcoin's the future. Goes to fifty thousand. He dumps. He says I'm not that cool about Bitcoin now. Drops to forty thousand. Oh, we're doing one and a half billion. Mm -hmm. So Elon, Elon has to be. He's the genius genius. He's got a very high ranking of a genius, obviously. But, uh, you know, you have to be careful. If you think you're untouchable, the way you become untouchable is you typically have upset a few people on your way to the top. Mm -hmm. If they decide to do something, you know, you just have to be very, very careful where you're not too much. Look at Trump. Hey, you become a president by doing what? Calling everybody out. Yeah. Then you become a president, at least do what? You know, calm, the calm down a little yeah. bit, right? And what does he do? Keeps it going. Double down. So yeah. what happens? COVID doesn't happen. The guy gets reelected. So they shut it down. Yeah, states take a hit. He doesn't get reelected. You could have taken a slightly. So that's the only thing that I'm concerned about Elon because Elon is one of those guys that he can bring so much innovation and progress in technology in yeah. other ways. He's, he is a very important figure. Now, yeah. keep in mind, nobody's bigger than the league, of course. Yeah. But he's a guy that in our era, he can do a lot of uh, positive uh, influence, sure. you know, he positive has, impact. He has absolutely no margin for brevity or doing anything that might be lighthearted because every word – 
he puts out there is taken to such an extreme. I mean, I can't, you know the SEC's watching him. He's already gotten their attention, mm-hmm. what he's doing with Dogecoin and, and with everything else. But, man, can you imagine waking up knowing I can't have one moment where I throw something out there harmlessly because it's going to be taken to an extreme, and it will affect markets, it will affect lives, it will affect jobs. You know, he, he's so fascinating right now. You know, like we talk about trading cards. Wouldn't it be cool if you could invest stock into personalities like a Musk, like a Bezos, like a Buffett? Who's going up? Who's going down? That would, you know, or trading cards for these guys. I think that would be really cool too. But you know, it's it's every day, and, and the level of brilliance of Musk. Just yesterday, you, you, we find out about this big solar or this big electrical thing he's doing in Texas. You know, then it's SpaceX. Then it's doing twenty five. Um, Tunnels in Miami. It's just unbelievable. And the other thing that about Musk, which I find interesting, is imagine how many smart people work for him. He hires the most brilliant of the brilliant for every one of his companies, but they don't get any credit. How do you hire guys that are that brilliant but have no ego? Everything goes to him. He gets all the credit all the time. I wonder if that affects anybody down the chain. Very interesting point, by the way. And he's he has to be the masterful king of recruiting, all right, just to get what he's getting to stay one step ahead of everybody in every industry. And you know what? He probably, you know, they talk about Tesla losing its value, and I don't want to lump a whole bunch of categories into this, but do you think he really cares? Because he's got three other things, and his biggest play in the future is going to be power anyway. It's going to be battery. It's going to be electricity, that kind of thing. So he's five steps ahead of everybody. But the one thing that could take him down is one careless tweet. Because that really could be a, a big problem for him. And, and, and who is SEC? That's my only concern. It's not even my worry is. And so the, the good thing about Milan Musk is the fact that he can't ever run for office unless if they change right. the laws, which is actually a good thing for him, to b- believe it or not. Because he was born in South Africa, you're saying. Yeah, but, but, the, but the challenge for him, his enemies, his enemy is not Jack Dorsey. His enemy is going to be SEC. That's who he has to keep an eye out, the regulators. Yeah. Okay, The regulators have to keep an eye out. And for anybody else that's kind of watching, that's you know, on the, on the crypto side that you were thinking about the pump and dump, mm-hmm. you're going to see how quickly stories like this hurts crypto people. This doesn't help crypto people. Mm-hmm. So, Correct. So, so I don't know if this makes sense or not. The folks who are in crypto don't want stories no. like this. You want legitimacy. You want normalcy. You don't you want, want stories like exactly. this. So let's give the legitimacy story to the crypto people, and let's go to J.P. Morgan that mm-hmm. just posted a job posting that says they want 34 blockchain jobs at the beef up J.P. Morgan coin, right? So U.S. mega bank, J.P. Morgan Chase, has 34 open blockchain jo- job postings on its website. It's quite possibly record for any company, company in the crypto market. Many of the jobs related to Onyx, Onyx, the division created last October to oversee J.P. Morgan coin, uh, a search for blockchain or J.P. Morgan's career pages actually brings up 56 open positions, with 34 including the uh, the tech and the job title. In contrast to this, Goldman Sachs, which recently said it's starting a crypto trading desk, has this has just two blockchain cryptocurrency job openings. Morgan Stanley has also two. By the way, two to 34. That's 17 times more. When you see this, what do you think when you see this, Adam? What do you think when you see this kind of stuff with J.P. Morgan hiring 34, Goldman 2, Morgan 2? Yeah, I mean, it's this. We just talked about legitimizing Bitcoin. Yeah. You don't want to see a story like McAfee out there because, you know, years ago, uh, not too long ago, when you thought of Bitcoin and crypto, it was all illegal drug dealing, you know, 
shady type stuff and now it's gone mainstream right like it just recently hit a trillion dollar market cap it's come down a little bit but it's at 960 billion dollar market cap the whole thing here is legitimizing and making this cryptocurrency mainstream and the cornerstone behind bitcoin is this blockchain so when you start to see companies like tesla and square and visa and paypal and everyone kind of accepting this and tesla pumped in you know five percent of its cash reserves 1.5 billion dollars and then you start to see these you know big time banks jp morgan chase um look for you know opportunities to basically enter their states like they're building their jpm coin it's ridiculous and i don't read too much into the fact that goldman sachs only has two potential positions because you talk about it all the time that they only have 400 advisors across the country, whereas a Merrill might have 5,000, right? So what, what's the numbers on that? that You talk about that all the time. So it's just, this is mainstream. It's legitimizing everything that's going on. And you're just sort of weeding out the bad, the bad apples like the McAfee's of the world who are trying to get involved in pump and dump. Yeah, I think this is a huge play for JP Morgan. I think if you're a client to them, you got to be really uh, feeling good and knowing uh, that you got some smart people leading that company. They say that they're not looking just to hire for 34 jobs. They're looking for experts. They're going to Singapore. They're mm. going to India. They mm -hmm. want the best of the best of the best. Mm -hmm. You know, you mentioned some of their competitors. I mean, someone has to dominate in this space, and they're saying it's going to be us. They're planting their flag in the the sand and it's a really really smart move Sachs, like you said has two job openings uh bny mellon has four I, I guarantee you the ceos of these other companies when they saw this are going oh shit they're owning this space not a good look because there's a finite amount of talent out there for people that do this kind of thing if you go after them and say i'm gonna get the 34 best in the world everybody else is getting scraps they're gonna dominate because of this aggressiveness i think well, we'll you're, you're not we'll buying Bitcoin, though. No, you, no. You mentioned this. Uh, what, what do you mean I'm not buying? Meaning you're not like... Uh, no, it's listen. It, it, some people missed it. I'm in the category of missing it. Anybody that got in early on the Bitcoin side and they bought it at 100 bucks or 200 bucks or 500 bucks, guy said the other day, my friend bought in 2007 $500 of Bitcoin. The guy's a DECA guy right yeah. now, right? And from 2007 to today. Yeah, no, it's, it's in the direction we're going. I always believed in the technology. I thought the regulation would come sooner. I mm -hmm. thought the regulation would come sooner where somebody like a Janet Yellen is going to come in and participate and kind of make it a little bit ugly. But look, more power to the Bitcoin community for getting this kind of publicity that they're getting specifically with companies with smart people like J.P. Morgan Chase, Morgan mm -hmm. & Goldman that are entering the market. Well, but, you, you talked about uh, Janet Yellen's of the world. Jerome Powell, um, chairman of the Fed, recently came out and he's basically said that they're looking into the crypto space um, not to, um, you know, take away the, 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 the prowess of the dollar, but to complement it. And I think it was 86% of all central banks are also looking to this across the, the, the globe. So, um, and when a central bank um, implements a currency, that is, it, it is, like, companies don't have to accept it. Like, Bitcoin, uh, Tesla doesn't have to accept oh, Bitcoin. No, no, they can make no, a choice. No question but about if a, it. But if a Federal Reserve of a European bank yeah. comes out and says, no, we're accepting this now, yeah. it's now the law of the land. It's official. It's official. Yeah, it's official. Like now, a referee with a whistle. Now it determines the pricing of it. Now it's going to be... 
Is it priced right? It is, is it overpriced? Is it going to go higher? Is it going to go lower? No one knows. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, right. it, is, it is something that is official, and there's nothing you and I can do about it. It's yeah. here. Yeah, for sure. Crypto's not going away. And, and, you know, I have a good friend who's in this space who's really kind of an expert in it. We did a story with him on VT Post a few weeks ago, and he really broke it down. You know, like, it's not like these businesses say, hey, we're just going to start accepting Bitcoin. They're accepting payments from processors who process the transaction from Bitcoin. So it's not like mom and pop shop or a restaurant, you know, can't do They can, you know, because of these processing companies that do, you know, take the Bitcoin and then turn it into cash for these guys. So, I mean, it's going to become so much more mainstream than it is now. We've, we've heard more about Bitcoin in the last four or five months than we have in the last four or five years. Obviously, it's going up. But, man, when you're talking about politics and chaos, less, there's other things to talk about. And it's, it's like we've landed on stocks, yeah. the market, and these big icons in the industries. It's awesome. It's awesome mm-hmm. for them. Listen, I, all I can say is I love seeing anybody that comes up with an idea, whether you believe it's going to happen or not, for them to succeed and go up against the grain. I salute any one of them, whether it's something I support it or not, if it's a positive impact. And it's given competition to the market, which crypto is doing. Salute to everybody that's in the, in the, in the crypto market. Okay, so Vegas. Vegas benefits. Because mm. you guys know, Vegas has been crushed. You know, I went to MGM to get a tour there at Grand yeah. Arena. The employee said, we let go of 200 employees. They haven't had a job. Nothing is going on in the convention when, when business. When did you do that? When were you there? Five months ago okay. when I went there. All five right. months ago. So Vegas benefits as Nevada eases some coronavirus rules. The tourist destination built for excess and known for bright lights, big crowds, indulgent meals, and headline shows has slowly begun to reopen after the pandemic halted business in March. Nevada Governor Steve Sisolak has signed a emergency order adjusting a minimum distance between performance and audience members that previously challenged the return of production to Las Vegas. Previously, performers were required to maintain 25 feet of space between audience as a precaution against the crew, 25 feet. I mean, that guy took it to hold it for not six feet social distancing, 25. I mean, these mm-hmm. apparently these entertainers can spit pretty long. I mean, they're record-breaking spitters, apparently, <laughs> uh, if that's even a word. So, but some smaller venues could not accommodate the restriction. The No Emergency Directive effective immediately updates the minimum distancing to six feet if performers were wearing masks. If performers were wearing masks and 12 feet if they're not wow. wearing masks. I mean, I cannot believe if performers were... Can you imagine Justin Bieber performing with a mask on? I mean, <laughs> That just makes no right. sense to me, Tom. Yeah, you know, I, I think no city's probably been hit harder than Vegas. I mean, for Las Vegas to become a ghost town, that's depressing for this country. And that's what it was, literally, for a long time. I have a friend that went there last week, and he says they still have the bear. They have a plastic shield for you if you're playing cards, right, at the, mm-hmm. at the tables, I think. You can correct me if I'm wrong, if that's still the same situation. But um, I think Vegas is going to rebound in such a big way because this country, you can tell the the – the, the, the weight is kind of coming off everybody's shoulder. These vaccination numbers, even the doom and gloom naysayers of the world, the Dr. Fossies of the world can't scare people fast enough over the optimism with all the um, vaccinations that are going on. And I think people are going to be spending money. You know, they're talking the, the economy is doing OK. They're talking about a four percent unemployment rate by the end of this year. So that means there's going to be money out there to spend. And I think people are going to make up for lost time. So if Vegas is opening up a little bit right now, like for me, I want to go out there sooner than later no. because it's going to be so damn crowded that it won't even be fun later in the year. But, you know, I, I like a forward thinking governor who knows Tourism is our number one thing. Vegas runs this state. We got to change some rules to make it happen. By the way, what's the social distancing at some of the strip clubs? I mean, are they have to stay twenty five feet apart? I mean, that probably affects their cash flow. Tom, I don't know. Why don't, why don't we go, go find out, Tom? Why, why don't, don't we go you? find yeah. out? <laughs> I think the the biggest takeaway that you can see going on with news from Vegas 
what's happening in the markets, what's happening in the job sector is that hospitality is back, baby. Like leisure, travel, hospitality will make a major return this summer. I mean, I was out in South Beach this weekend. It's like COVID doesn't even freaking exist down there. Clubs, partying, packed. I mean, you could see the job numbers over here. It's February jobs, like leisure and hospitality is back. The vaccinations come, uh, vaccinations are in place. You know, 100 million Americans have already had the vaccine, something like that. Um, by this summer, let's say when the weather starts getting nicer, you know, a couple hundred million Americans are vaccinated. Jobs are back. I think COVID, knock on frickin' wood, will sort of be a thing of the past. I think we'll still obviously, you know, have certain restrictions and certain, um, you know, ramifications of having it. But, you know, the stock market, you start to see that the FANG stocks and the tech stocks, the NASDAQs have been getting crushed for the past month. Why do you think that is? Is because all the money is going into cruise lines, airlines, companies that specialize in hospitality because the stock market is forward thinking not thinking about what's currently happening it's thinking about what's going to happen in the next three to six months and all indications are by the time this summer hits hopefully back we have a return to normalcy and then here's the key the key terminology that that uh tom sort of touched on and it's called pent-up demand people haven't been able to go out party vacation in a freaking year we're almost at like the one year mark of everything shutting down and I think people I, just I don't want... know if that's true, though. You partied hardcore in Addison. <laughs> you partied hardcore Yeah, well, it's the Addison. gecko. It's the gecko. It, yeah, you know, shout out, out of... to the gecko and Paul over there. He's Good not shout out here. to Tom's, uh, Tom yeah. Ellsworth's mom, Babs. It's her birthday today. Happy birthday, Babs. Babs is a good friend. Yeah. We once went on a date with, I think, the Lambo or the Ferrari. I took her out, <laughs> and we had a great time together. She loves speed. I think she went bungee jumping one time in her 70s. Wow. Yeah, pretty wow. respect. Babs is legit. Babs. Yes, she is. Yeah, she here, did. Here's my question to you, Pat. Yeah. How excited are you to get back to a normal Vegas-type experience? How excited am I to go back to a normal experience? Vegas-type experience. Like, what does that mean, Vegas-type? Do it like, up. 21-year-old Vegas-type, Pat? Because I don't, I don't have the 21 ex- that, that guy does not yeah, exist so anymore. Which, are you talking about a 35-year-old, a 41-year-old? I'm talking about a 41-year-old yeah. Vegas experience Bonanza, greatest show on yeah. the industry. I mean, we're gonna be we're gonna be put in the greatest. That's show what I'm industry. talking that's about, baby. Up here. What's MGM up? Grand Arena. We'll have fifteen thousand yeah. people at MGM wow. Grand Arena in August, and uh, we're excited about it. We already announced three speakers: Joe Coy, comedian, mm-hmm. will be performing, and then we'll have Patrick Lencioni, the you know, legendary author. And then we have Frederick De Silva, the mm-hmm. number one illusionist yes. in the world. He is ridiculous. He'll be performing. Very good. Uh, uh, a performer. I've seen him do it multiple times. We've had him come out multiple times. And then we have three other speakers that, and uh, entertainers. One of the biggest showmen in the world will be performing on award ceremony night. It's a name everybody around the world knows with tens wow. of billions of views. We'll be entertaining. It's a massive check, but we're excited to have him there as well. And then another person that everybody around the world knows. He officially inked uh, yesterday. He signed yesterday. We're excited to announce him. I think April 7th I'll be announcing. Obviously, I can't okay, say who it is, sure. but April yeah, 7th yeah. I'll be announcing. And so we're excited about it. Look, he, here's here's the thing about Vegas, man. There's something about Vegas. You know, all this thing about Zoom, like, oh, my gosh, business is only going to go from working from home. No, it's not. You're not going to work from home. Because mm-hmm. I had a guy that I talked to, a 20-year-old kid. Do you remember that one 20-year-old kid started crying, saying, I've been in my basement I made $150,000 the last 12 months, but I'm miserable mm-hmm. because we need what? We need 
Interaction. Human interaction. interaction baby. We need argument, debate, laughter, jokes. How you doing? What's going on? Sympathy. I'm Touch going and feel. Chat. We need that. We need. Yeah. We need each other, right? Even if it's strangers, you're going to a restaurant. No one's sitting here like the food here must suck. You go to a restaurant, yeah. 28 people yeah. sitting here like, okay, cool. Yeah. I feel safe. We feel safe being around other people as well. I'm excited about it for the folks in Vegas. Uh, Lee, a good friend of mine. Uh, that runs a very good-sized audiovisual company. Him and I have been going back and forth. He's telling me, Pat, things are looking very, very good. Another guy named Marshall who's been doing stuff for us mm -hmm. for a long time. We spent millions of dollars with these guys over the years with AV. They're saying things are headed in the right direction in Vegas, and not just Vegas, other places as well. Obviously, Florida led the way when it comes mm -hmm. down to anything to do with, uh, what do you call it, uh, COVID convention, yeah. sports, bubble. Sure. You know, They were leading the way, and it's good to see now yeah. others following suit as well. Well, I know you're super excited for what will happen in Vegas, and th this might be a good segue to that Zoom uh, story that's in the news. But something that you talked about, and you know, uh, I'll use our, our friend Tom here as a um, as a, 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 a case test, uh, a dummy, if you will. Um, you know, something that you've talked about, the buddy in the basement, and something that you do here at Valuetainment at PHP is Pat. Sometimes you just Pat shows up in your office and goes. How you doing, man? What's up? What's up? Cool. And that's it. And that, just someone just rolling up on you, just checking in on you, bud. You're good? Cool, 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 cool. Is so freaking powerful, man. Especially from a CEO. And people don't get that these days. You know, like Pat shows up in your office. You're like, hey, what's up? Just saying what's up. And just that human interaction is obviously we what it. we need it. Oh, my gosh. So just, it. hey, man, just all good. Look, like, there, there, it's more than, yeah, just like, you're like, oh, shit, let me, what's up? You know, like, it, it just shakes you up a little bit. We're humans. We're touching. We're talking. This is this is needed just like, you know, water, food, shelter. Human interaction is essential. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned the Zoom thing. You know, there's a thing called Zoom gloom, mm -hmm. and, it, and it's real. There's a Stanford professor that spent nine months looking at this, and, and there's so much evidence of why it's bad. It is not good. We've all hit a breaking point. And if you think it's good for you, you think you like the freedom of not having traffic, ultimately this is going to destroy a lot of things in society. I, yesterday, I'm on the plane coming out here, and, like, someone, you have a little interaction with someone, you try to smile at them. It's gone. They don't know that you're smiling at them yeah. when you have a mask. Yeah. And that's one of the problems with Zoom, too. Here's one of them. It's unnatural to be looking at yourself that long. And that's what you're mm -hmm. doing on a Zoom call. You're seeing yourself as well. And nobody looks at themselves that long. Also, you need to be moving around during the day. You need to... You need to have some sort of facial expression or have some nonverbal communication, even if it's an eye roll in a meeting if somebody mm -hmm. says stupid, something stupid. So the Zoom thing, you know, it's funny because Zoom stock just keeps going up and up and up. And I'm, you know, you could say what you want about it, but it, people have to get back to the office. That's why I think when Twitter came out and said, hey, you can work from home for life. Are you serious? They, they must be sending, spend, be able to save so much money. You know, by not having these employees come back to the campus for them to say something like that, it doesn't make any sense. I think people will be flocking back and, and wanting it and craving it. You mentioned that kid in the, in the basement. You know, it's, well, that's well, a, let me that's ask common. you this. I got a crazy question for you. What is the biggest selling point? Okay. Okay. You, you ever talk to folks who said, I'm never going to get married? Yes. Never going to get married. I'm going to be single for the rest of my life. What is, what is the selling point of staying single the rest of your life? I guess you only have to answer for yourself or you do whatever you want whenever you want. What else is it? What else is the benefit of being? And by the way, I'm not pointing at you because that's not you. You don't want to mm -hmm. be single the rest of your life. No. But when people that say they want to be single the rest of their life, what do they say? Well, what, Bill, how do they Bill, sell Bill it Bill Maher is like the poster child sure. uh, uh, of this. Yeah. I do what I want. Nobody tells me what to do. I come and go as I please. I don't have to deal with the annoying kids. Yep. Changing diapers. Sure. Drama. 
you know, as many own, girlfriends, as you know, many girlfriends as I want, I'm not feeling like I'm doing anything. What do I need companionship for? Exactly. I can have like, they're only talking about the upside. Yeah. But, okay. Who are you venting exactly. to? Who so, are you talking to? So now to? watch this. You know how right. people overly sell you on being married. What's the selling point of marriage? Come hang out with us. Like, like you, I companionship. Think you yeah. Yeah. All this yeah. other stuff, yeah. right? Okay. You know what's the best way to describe Zoom and face-to-face? -face? Zoom, you're single. Face-to-face, -face, you're married. Dude, it's like, I don't have any, I just say, hey, what's going on, all this stuff. Sure. But dude, we need marriage as relationship, yeah. man. It's like, yeah. how you doing? How you feeling? Like, even today, I walk in, Tom's in the corner, boom, 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 you know, pumping out a story. He's writing mm -hmm. something like, hey, what's up, Tom? Hey, what's up, Pat? And I'm like, hey, what's going on? I, so I, I think I think the, the the and when we work face-to-face, -face, what happens more? More arguments, more mm -hmm. challenges, more differences, more I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. But that's called relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but you that, also have more collaboration yeah, and course. more things you've yeah, done. So, mm -hmm. so what I'm saying is it comes with more conflict, but it also comes with why we're human beings. Yep. Nassim Taleb, which I don't know if you've read any of his book. He wrote Anti-Fragile, Skin in a Game. You, have you read any of this guy's uh -uh. book? Let me tell you. If you start one chapter, you will read all of his books. Mm. Let me say this one more time. If you read mm. one chapter of Nassim Taleb, go on Amazon, read a free chapter. Once you do... Prepare a couple hundred dollars because you're going to write, you're going to read every single thing he ever wrote. Nassim Taleb, right? And he wrote Skin in a Game, anti fra a couple other books as well. Black Swan. Huh? Black Swan. Black Swan, yeah. So, so when, you, when you read his book, there's a part of it that he says about, you know, anger. Take this medication to not be angry. Take that medication to not have temper. Take this medication for this. He says, you know, he says, when it rains, I feel a little bit depressed when it rains. He says, guess what? I want to feel depressed. Hmm. Like, I want to be a human being that feels depressed, that it's a little bit gloom, you know, it gets yeah. dark and all that. He says, when my team loses, I want that six-hour annoying, upset feeling for no reason. I didn't lose any money. I don't get paid. I'm not the athlete. But I want that frustration of my team just lost. I got to go to work tomorrow and face Johnny, who's going to mm -hmm. tell me, I told you we're going to lose. He says, I want that feeling. He says, when I'm angry, I want to have that feeling. I don't want you to eliminate a part of me being angry because it's what makes me what? A human, human being, being, right? It's a, it's a human being. So I, I think people are yeah. looking forward to being human beings again. Yeah, and you can be a human being in <laughs> Vegas all you, <laughs> you want, man. Be, yes, yeah, people can. are going to be dying to. Yeah, mm -hmm. so, so that's that part with uh, uh, – uh, we cover that story as well. So what else we got here? You know, let's talk about the, the $1.9 trillion. Uh, what page is that on, by the way? Do you see it or no? Kai, what page is the stimulus on? I thought yeah. it was page Is that four. the price for that island? That private oh, island? Oh, you want to do the <laughs> island? Uh, Kai, do you page actually five. have a picture of the island or no? Yeah. Pull up the That's island. Where it says politics. Oh, there you go. Okay, I see politics. Go to the island. So, folks, if you're looking at buying an island, there's one island on the market. By the way, Jack Dorsey's tweet is what I wanted to go next. Uh, so this island, let's see if I got it here. Where's the island at, Kai? Do you have it up? First the page. biggest private island, that island right there, is on the market, and they're starting it at what price? I think you said there was no minimum bid. Yeah, no minimum right. bid. Yeah. Well, so here we go. Estimated the opening bid. Biggest is like private million. island in the Bahamas is about to hit the auction block, and there's no minimum bid. The 730-acre undeveloped island known as St. Andrews or Little Ragged Island is the Bahamas' southwest and most largest privately held island currently listed for Sale the estimated opening bid of $19.5 million, according to the auction house holding sale. Bidding opens on March 26, and it requires a $100,000 deposit. The listing notes that the island could be transformed into a private home 
or resort with enough space for an 18-hole golf course. The island is 10 minutes by boat from the tiny settlement of Duncantown on nearby Regget Island, which has an airstrip for private planes. It's about 372 miles south uh, of uh, 372 miles southeast of Miami. So it's not far from here. Uh, Tim McGraw and Faith Hill listed their 20-acre private island last month on which they built a 6,500-square-foot home for $35 million. The 430-acre private island that comes developed with five luxury villas, a beach club, and a spa on a boat docks is now on the market for $45 million. So what do you think about buying an island? Like, is there any dream to want to own an island one day? No. No. Because when I think of private island, I think of Jeffrey Epstein. I think if you have a private island, (laughs) something bad is going to happen. Yeah, I'm suspicious of people that want private islands. You're hiding something. Plus, I want amenities. Okay, I don't want the person that's landing my plane, the air traffic controller, to also be the delivery guy for Uber Eats and the dry cleaner (laughs) on the island, okay? I want a developed country that has infrastructure. I don't want a private island. I can live without it. That's like doing Zoom all day. Having a private island is like we being just on talked Zoom, about it. right? Give me a big city, put me Fair in the enough. middle, and I'll be a hell of a lot Listen, happier. Listen, I don't know if you can say anything, because if you do, you may be friends with Epstein, because if you want to have an island, he's <laughs> right, going to flip it on you. So what, what do you, would you want to have an island or no? Uh, for some reason, the only, like, you're thinking of Jeffrey Epstein, the one thing that I'm thinking of is the fire Festival. I got my own, right. I got my own freaking island, I'm throwing a party, yeah. and I'm ripping people off. But I... I who dreams of having their own island? Is the is the dream of owning an island shot based on what these guys just said right now? Like, are you like completely done wanting an island? Sam wants one. No, I don't agree at all. You want an island? Mm, no. No, you don't. So, you do. <laughs> so uh, how about you, Sam? Anything with an island or no? Whatever. Who cares? Yeah. Kai, you don't have an opinion on an island. You know oh, what's not on an island? I think it's cool. I mean, Richard Branson is the the name where I go with private island. I mean, he bought Necker the Island. Necker, Necker island yeah, it got destroyed been... by a hurricane. And no, well, I mean that's what's going to happen. Oh, you're if you own an island, there, you're bro. setting you're yourself sitting... up in the Bahamas that something's going to happen. But uh, you you own an island, yeah, Branson. And then, by the way, I was at Hawaii a couple weeks ago, and I was uh, right across right uh, uh, the island that we're staying at was uh, oh, Ellison's Island, right? Oh, Ellison's oh, Island, right there yeah. that he had. 98% of the island he owns, right. which is pretty interesting to own 98% except the beaches. You know what else isn't on a private island? A freaking hospital. Okay, what happens if you get bit by a shark on your private island? What the hell are you going to do? You're basically saying it sounds good in theory, oh, but in practicality. I think it just sounds like so, crap. Yeah. So if, a lot of work. If a similar, if a friend in your life that's like the guy from Couples Retreat comes to you and says him and his wife are thinking about getting a divorce yeah. and they're going to... An island, couples retreat, you and Shonda would not go to the married island? You wouldn't go to it? You wouldn't want to go there for like a week? I, I can't go anywhere for a week, number one, so that rules Shonda. me out. Shonda! That's out. <laughs> That's out. That is officially out. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's something about an island. I don't know. I think that, you, you, you're feeling the vibe? What's I, up? The only thing for me that I think about an island is I think about recruiting people I care about to live together on an mm-hmm. island. Like It's like, listen, if you got all the money in the world, you're 65, you're like, listen, you get your... 20 best like you know couples that you hang out with you like like dude what if we all built a home and we go there and we build a little community for ourselves and we just hang out you know what would that look like you know i think i think it'd be a fun weekend i just don't know how you could sustain it out there i don't disagree with you i don't disagree i don't think you're buying an island to live on an island although larry ellison is saying he's going to go live on the island and leave california but i don't know if that's going to be let me tell you being a south florida boy miami boy i only have like a few islands in mind fisher island Star <laughs> Island, Hibiscus, Palm Island, South Beach itself is an island. Like that's the islands that I'm interested. That's in. what happens. When I don't want to be come in from Hanukkah. a royal family. <laughs> yes, a, a royal Me and family Harry, from we're Israel. Hanging out. <laughs>
I am still thinking about Blake Griffin going to the Nets. That's still what I'm thinking about. Blake does Griffin. he have anything left? Do you think? Yeah, I think he do does. You? For being a number four guy, I think I yeah, think he's probably. a good number four mm-hmm. guy. I don't think someone's he's a got a rebound, one. right? Mm-hmm. No, he's a good number four guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By the way, he's actually got good shots. Seventeen yeah. footer, you know, eighteen footer. He's he's going to be a good fit for that team. Yeah. He's going to be a good fit for that. He's team. He's still one of the top, I think. 20 highest player, uh, paid players in the NBA. Which player. is a ripoff, but that's the part of the league. They protect the players. Well, look at the NFL. Dak Prescott is now the highest, second guaranteed, highest. 120 million. 122 guaranteed. Oh, really? No. What do you yeah. think about that, though? I, I Go to vtpost.com and you'll see how I think about it. Uh, I, really? Post the story. Yeah. Go post the story, vtpost.com. You know, um, I, <laughs> the headline's pretty good. You'll have to read the headline. Then you, If you read Actually, the headline, go to VT Post. You'll, you'll know what I feel Which about Which one would it, it right be, there. sports? Overpaid Dallas Cowboys to pay Dak Prescott like he's Amazon.com, even though he's winning percentage resembles a USPS. You and your titles, man. You- that, that's kind of how I feel about it. Jerry Jones was backed into a corner. He yeah. had, had to do this. Well, go to my last line. I think I had a good analogy at the end. I go, because uh, I was drawn, I was saying Tom Brady has, you know, taken less money. He's wanted other talent there. He doesn't care how high, <laughs> highly paid he That's is. That's great. Right? If Tom Brady were to be compensated based on Dak Prescott's criteria, he'd be worth almost as much as the new school teacher husband of Jeff Bezos' ex-wife, Mackenzie uh, Scott. That's a great callback. That is a good callback. So <laughs> Anyway, so I think he had to do it. Jerry Jones had to sign him. But I tell you, I tell you in that part, the one thing about no matter how much people say about Jerry, there's one thing about Jerry that's very unique. You know what it is? He doesn't change quarterbacks that often. Once he locks on to – if Jerry believes in you, Jerry believes in you. Like, Jerry's like, you know, who was before uh, uh, Prescott? Who was the quarterback Romo. before Prescott? Tony Romo. Tony Romo. Yeah. Like, everybody said, dude, trade him already. He's like, no, I'm sticking to him. Right, I'm even with, with all the injuries. And yeah, the he's injuries. like, well, you know, Prescott, you know, you're why you – He's sticking with Prescott. Yeah. After injury, pay him this kind of money. Yeah. And he overpaid because two years ago yeah. he was going to pay him $30 million a year, so he ended up paying this contract. Know, so there's a part of Jerry that you have to know, no matter what people say about Jerry, good for Jerry yeah. for doing what he did with that. Hey, by the way, Jerry made hundreds of millions during that Texas storm. He's invested in these energy companies or oil companies. Somehow, if you look it up, Jerry Jones really, really profited um, over those storms. I love Jerry. I think the Cowboys have to be interesting and exciting for the NFL to be great. I miss the Cowboys being truly relevant, and I, I just don't think Dak Prescott is the guy to make him that way. So, Oh, you don't think that's I don't think take- so. I think they are what they are. I mean, they, they might make the playoffs, but they're not going to do any damage. So, I think you know they're stuck with him for four years, and they're not going to be going to the Super so Bowl you, again. there's no way they're going to the Super Bowl No, there's no years. way, because his contract is prohibitive wow. to bring in other talent. 33%? Or like, what's your... Is uh, it? No, no, it's less than 33%. <laughs> and you know what? My percentages are dead on. You don't have a track I, record. I, I am never wrong. Prince Charles is going to give up the crown after one month and turn it over to William. Mark it down. Tom's got a lot of predictions. Yeah, he just okay. Throw, so he's just blindly throwing darts. No, not blind. No, no. <laughs> Couple I don't know about outs. you. Ac- Academy of Composition Art Collectors love my art score. He gave a hundred bucks. System that lets them put the into a number of quality of art PVD. You probably don't have time to check it out. Would you send an email to info at Valuetainment? Maybe I'll take a look at it if you send it at info at patrickbaydavid.com. Pat, what's your thoughts on DARPA creating cryptocurrency? Government would not allow new currency unless they have full control. I mean, I that's I, again for me, currency is based on control that I see some of these guys wanting to get involved in. They want to be able to control it. Trump will buy that and bring his mega fans to start <laughs> his own country. The island? <laughs> his own Please country. do, Donald. Please Go do ahead, so. head there, okay. get your own island, And our do buddy it. here, Covey12x12, uh, 12 12, said, I just paid to say I love you. Even you, Adam, 
and I meant it from the bottom of my heart. I love you, Adam. I love I you too. I love buddy. you. Okay, you were gonna say something about Prescott before I interrupted you. Um, am I the only one here? I love seeing the Cowboys lose. I love it. You're Stephen. I don't Smith, know why, but it's a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. About them Cowboys. I love it. It's a lot of I people. Just, I just, it's a lot I'm of people. Not, I did like the the Michael Irvin, Emmett Smith, Troy Aikman days. Era. You know, early '90s. That there was some swag, but. Every year, people jump on the Cowboy. This is our year, and like, I don't know. Will Jerry Jones win another Super Bowl before his time? You know, the clock runs out. Come is my on. question? Should I give you one good Cowboy story? What do you mean? Story? Answer the question. Then. Oh my! God. Answer the question then. <sighs> Adam, okay. will have, Jerry yeah, Jones? You have crossed the line. You've offended so many people. Jo- today. Well, I mean, I, I, first of all, stop if, getting so emotional. If out China there, guys. hacks me, I tell you, the the British Empire is about to hack the hell out of you. <laughs> Go ahead, Santa. Okay, so, so this, you're not going to answer the question? I, I don't remember well, what well, the question Jerry is. Jones, is Jerry Jones going to win another Super Bowl before he dies? I think That's so, because question. he's going to live to be 100. And, and they have to get past this Dak Prescott disaster. And he's not. I like Dak. He's a good quarterback, but he's not great. You're, say, you're agreeing with Tom or you're yeah. agreeing with me? Oh, if, whether they're going to win? Yes. I, I'm betting on he's going to win. Yeah, he's an ultimate winner. Everything yeah, he does. I'm betting he's going to win. Go I'm ahead. Okay, so this was after the Super Bowl, the, the year that the Cowboys beat – it was the one they played in. They beat Pittsburgh. Okay, so they win the Super Bowl. And I was I was there. We were doing our Sunday night show live on the field right after the Super Bowl. This is when I was working in Chicago. And Jerry Jones couldn't have been cooler. We grab him right at 1030. Boom, boom, boom. He's doing an interview with him. So then we have just a few minutes left in the show. And I was going to go into the locker room and try to get some interviews with a couple more players. So I'm waiting in line. I finally get into this cramped Cowboys locker room. And out of nowhere, this guy starts calling my name. He's going, my man. And, and I, my man, we did it. And he's looking right at me. And I couldn't, and I go, I was looking behind me to see if he, he must have been talking to somebody else. Finally, this guy is zeroing in on me. Wait, did I told you we were going to do it? It was Deion Sanders. So he got me confused with here. somebody else. So I thought to myself, let me go over there. He clearly thinks I'm somebody else, but let me run with this. Let me go try to get an interview. We can get him live. I go over there. He keeps he hugs me. And I'm, did he think I was Chris Fowler? I don't know <laughs> who he thought I was at the time. So this is classic. So I go, Dion, hey, we only have a couple minutes. Could you come outside and do a quick interview? He goes, my man, you know my motto. If it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. He literally told me that line on the spot. I don't know who he thought he was, but that was his way of not doing the interview. If it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. So that was his way of declining the interview. And to this day, I would love to find out who he thought I was. <laughs> because <laughs> he knew you were. He, he, he was like. He did he, not recognize the great uh, Tom Zenner. Really? Th- my, my theory Tom, is maybe he, he thought exactly I was Chris Fowler of ESPN. I'm not what, sure. What do you put, what do you put Dion as? Greatest athletes of all time. God, what he's got to be right up there. When you think about him playing in the who Super Bowl. Who do you put Bowl? ahead of him? Athlete, Jackson, the greatest athlete. Like, you put Bo, Bo ahead Jackson. of Dion? Yeah, a little bit. I, I don't know in either statistic if he did more than Dion did statistically. The one thing one holding... was speed, one was strength. Oh no, they... no 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 no. Dion Dion was a three twenty hitter. He had a season where he hit three twenty in baseball. That ain't easy yeah, yeah. to do that. And Dion had what did Bo hit? Two seventy. Yeah yeah. But, you know what? The, the thing You're with saying Bo, Dion over Bo? We'll never know with Bo. That's the problem because you know he got injured and it was over. But man, they were both you don't spectacular. Know Bo. You don't but, know. But Bo. Dion beat Dion changed games. I mean, he completely he shut down one half of the field. That's true. He because was an they, they, they the would island. not even try to throw to him back in the day. That's he was a, a private th- island yeah. right there. And he was a threat returning punts and, and he was exciting. I mean, he was the most exciting player in the league for so long and we miss him. Yeah, he was. And, and, listen, the one thing, let me just see this batting average, because batting average tells you if you can make it or not. Like, you know, Tebow went in there. He, uh, yeah, he had 304, 
in a season. It's not easy hitting 304 in a season. Bo Jackson didn't hit 304 in a season, but Bo was a great athlete. Yeah. So Deion Sanders, if there's a guy, imagine racing with him, 40-yard dash at his peak. They say he ran a... Uh, uh, he ran a four one nine. Yeah, four one nine is what Ridiculous. he ran. A four one nine, and they no four two one, and they say Bo ran a four one nine. He <laughs> said Bo just came in, said you ready? No stretching, no nothing. Ran a four one nine, and he left. Insane. Did you hear the the latest story with Deion Sanders? No, you know, what he's, is it? You know he's a, a head coach. football coach for. Um, Small school, mm-hmm. I think, uh, historically black college. Yes, yeah. I forgot he, which one. He, he coached his first game. They crushed him. They won. And then he came back to the, his locker room. Retired and went into the hall. No, no. He, that, that, he came back to his office. All his stuff was stolen. His jewelry, his wallet, his credit cards. And it was like, uh, obviously, a, he's like, I, I got to tell you, I did the press conference. We won the game and all that. But where's my shit? Someone stole my shit. Yeah. And like in the middle of the press conference, something to that effect, it resurfaced, and he's like, nah, 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 I ain't playing that game. Someone stole my shit, and yeah. I don't know who it was, but there was some drama going it on did. with it, it became the big story because he thought he had his stuff stolen, yeah. and he made the whole press conference about that, but then they tried to say, no, 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 it was just a mistake. Someone else accidentally took it or whatever. He wasn't buying no, it. No, he's like, they're like, Deion, yeah. how does it feel to win? Yeah, 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 when we won the game, whatever. Where's my shit? <laughs> Thank God I'm wearing my chain right now. It would be stolen, too. Yeah. Where's my shit? He must have had some expensive he, stuff that he left in the so locker room. So, Tom, why don't you tell us about your book that's coming oh, up? Well, thanks. Okay, so here it is, Pat. You saw it standing here. So about a year ago, I started writing this book. It was You know what it's like to write a book. Mm-hmm. It's a process. It's a journey. This book is on Daniel Ponce de Leon. Okay, so a lot of you know of him, but maybe you don't. But you've seen him. So he's a pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals right now. A great guy. Unbelievable human being. So back in 2017, he was pitching in AAA for the Memphis Redbirds in mm-hmm. Iowa against the Iowa Cubs. He, the game started at 1 o'clock, which actually was a big part of this story. Uh, he gets hit in the head with a line drive, and he goes down. Now, this made all the newscasts. It was played everywhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He goes down. There was, there was no bleeding, and he never really passed out. But inside, the hemorrhaging was going on. So luckily, the trainer was so smart and got on the scene immediately, identified everything, did everything right. They got him off. He was begging to stay in the game. Long story short, they get him off the field, and then all hell breaks loose. He's throwing up. You know, they had to cut his mm-hmm. uniform off. They get him to the hospital, emergency surgery, shaved off part of his skull. Doctors told him, you will never play baseball again, which it seems wow. to be a logical thing, right? Now, he had just had a baby. He's a Christian, but really wasn't living the life maybe exactly how he, he wanted to or he felt he should be. Starts healing. He's in intensive care for over a week. He starts healing, okay? Decides to try to keep playing baseball. His head finally heals too, and he comes back the next year, and he's in the minor leagues again. So great success story. He defied the odds. Gets called up into the majors in July of 2018. In his major league debut against the Cincinnati Reds, he goes to the mound and throws a seven-inning no-hitter. MLB.com calls it the second greatest debut in baseball history. So then they got the idea to write the book. I was one of the writers they were considering. There was a long process to be selected. I bet. Yeah, and then I went out and spent some time with Daniel, and I put the book proposal together, and then we ended up selling it to Hachette, and Hachette Books published it, and it comes out today. March 9th is the day. You'll be seeing Daniel on the news a lot today. They're in Jupiter, Florida, as a matter of fact, not far from here. I'm going to go say hi to him today. But it's a brilliant book. or It's a great book on his story. Just hmm. and, and I think anybody can apply some of this to their life. 
if you're an entrepreneur, if you're if you're anybody, if you have family issues, if you, anything like that, anything can be overcome. When you can be in intensive care and told you'll never play baseball again and then to throw a no-hitter in your major league debut, yeah. it's unbelievable. The best part is he's doing something with, with his life now. He's inspiring a lot of people, and that was the whole intent with this book, is to tell his story so he can help people. And that's all Daniel wants to accomplish with this, and it was great working with him, and he's a class act and a great guy, and he's a really good pitcher. I mean, he is one of those power pitchers that strikes out a lot of batters and now he's with the Cardinals and he's going to be one of their top players this year so it's out today it's a great story how you can overcome any kind of odds with faith perseverance and hard work that's what the bottom line is and that's something we stand for by attainment what we talk about the best of comeback stories and redeeming yourself redemption I just added the link there great story I said order Tom's book it's in the chat box Kyle let's put it in the comment section as well look if you follow the contest the podcast we don't uh, sell you much we do maybe sponsorships here and there when people ask us and we like the products if you support us i suggest you go support tom zenner and buy the latest book that came out one line drive uh the story of daniel daniel ponce de leon with tom zenner again we'll put the link below if you support the podcast you enjoy the podcast you like what we do with valuetainment go order this book today just came out today yep. congratulations thank man. you so much this is exciting. Yeah. yeah and you guys got your copies you're going to enjoy it i'll make sure nice. you get one adam too thank you'll you. love it i know writing a book is emotional i know writing a business book is you're you're constantly working on it writing a story like this you want to get all the details right and it's exciting yeah. when you finally have it and with a company like hachette hachette's yeah. got a reputation yeah. as a uh, publisher, so it's it's, it's very it's exciting to see that deal, taking Tom. place. It is oh, a thank you, guys. Yes. I appreciate it. Yeah, I wrote it during the pandemic at the beginning of it. I really oh, like the very wild. beginning of the pandemic every day. Just and real quick, out. what's the connection with Jeff Deutsch? Oh, yeah, so Jeff Deutsch, a good friend of ours. He's Daniel's manager, a former agent. So all these worlds kind of collided. It's really crazy. Just the the shrinking of the world is crazy. OneLineDrive.com gives you a little bit of backstory on the book. OneLineDrive.com. How old is it? OneLineDrive.com. Ponce is probably 28 now. And you know what? Here's the funny thing, too, because you know what it's like. When you have somebody that you work with to write a book, you form a unique relationship, Mm -hmm. and you have to come up Mm -hmm. with whatever style works for you. And I know – he completely submerged himself into his life when he, you know, did the book on you. Daniel and I had our own way of doing it that really seemed to work. But you know, this was funny, and I found it I- ironic at the very beginning. We have the same birthday, and I just think that's so bizarre. Crazy, yeah, right. I just think there's a little bit of something to that, which is just crazy. Um, and he's from LA, so you know, it's a, it's a big deal in When's LA. When's Tom Zenner's birthday? January sixteenth. Oh, you just went. same day wow. as Daniel Ponce. We were moving. Yeah, to got, we got him. Yeah, uh, we no, got him the, uh, the cigars and yeah. the wine. Right? We, we got did, the we cigars. We didn't even hear and, about uh, it. We didn't even. Yeah, it was I his mean, birthday. It was his birthday. During the move, we were moving. Cap- well, it was during everybody having COVID. Yeah. Is uh, what, what the era was. Even where you the podcast was down yeah. for several weeks. Thanks, guys. You know, I like to keep my down, uh, birthday on the down low because my kids don't know how old I am, and I want to keep it that 41. way. Forty-one. You're, you're exactly. younger than me. Right? Exactly. You're, 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 you're a little older than him. It was really tough for me just hitting forty, me. man. I was still depressed last yeah. year, but man, I'm, I'm getting over it. Yeah. <laughs> we look great, buddy. <laughs> Gang, uh, once again, episode forty-four. Reminder for everybody that we are doing forty-five. Episode 45 this Thursday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So we're going to go an hour, test it this Thursday to see what's going to happen with West Coast people because they keep saying, I want to be on it live. Mm -hmm. Can you go a little earlier? We start, it's 5 a.m. over there. They would like it to be 6 a.m. when we start because they missed the first hour. And this Thursday, we'll be having Tom Ellsworth here with us. So last uh, this Tuesday was Tom. So it's Tom, Tom. We and keep... maybe even Babs makes an appearance. Who knows? Yes. Who knows? Last week was Sonata and Daniel DiMartino yes. Booth. 
And this week it's Tom and Tom. Yeah. Well, okay, yeah. hey, let me just say one last thing. Keep it rolling. And, and the impact I'm seeing, Pat, is unbelievable. I mean, I was out and about the last few weeks, and value tainers are out there just pumping up the podcast. They love it. It's just so bizarre when you're out there in the world and you're seeing it. So credit to you for what you've built, and, mm -hmm. man, it's getting big. Yeah, I mean, this is just the beginning. Man. You're this that is, guy, David Pitt Patrick. This is, I know this you. Is just, well, when they see you, they don't even know your name. Yeah. They just say, Soy Boy, hey, what's up, hey, Soy what's Boy? Up? You know, you got the nickname. And we go take a shot of milk. All right, if crazy. you enjoyed it, smash that subscribe button. Help us cross 100,000 subscribers so we can potentially go to three days a week. And with that being said, we will see you again next th this Thursday coming up at 9 a.m. Put it in your calendar, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, which makes it 6 a.m. Pacific, 9 a.m. Eastern this Thursday. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye.